this Bengals though, you know? Pretty exciting. I'm scared. I'm scared. They're gonna be fine. I don't know. I, I'm preparing myself to lose. I'm also gonna be placing a hefty wager on the Bills just in case, because if the Bengals lose, at least I don't go completely into depression. I'll at least make some money. How hefty is hefty? Maybe like a hundred bucks. What? But then what if the Bengals win and then you're out a hundred bucks? Then the Bengals won a fucking playoff game and then that's and, worth a hundred dollars to you? That's worth way more than a hundred dollars. I would bet I mean if I had the money, like Dude, I would I would literally like get a vasectomy for the Bengals to win a Super Bowl. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Things you would do for your teams to win a championship. Oh wow. Um uh, so for the Bengals, for you, I'm assuming it's going to be the Rays for me. I think that's what I would. I think want that that's probably fair. Hmm. Welcome to Radio Bandit, this podcast. <laughs> this is the pre-show. <laughs> it's a cold open, is what they call it in the industry. Yeah, that's uh, what they call. It. You know, I think I would. Uh, hmm, I would join forces with Charlize Theron and betray all my friends for the Rays oh to God. win a Super Bowl or World Series, whatever it's called. <laughs> What about you? <laughs> See, um, we're keeping it topical. Keeping it topical. Yeah. Seriously, if if for the Bengals to win a Super Bowl and they told me I had to do something, I'm trying to think of like a really painful or awful thing, because I would probably do it. Um, uh, would you cut off anything? No, the anything but self mutilation. Uh, unless it's like, I don't really need this pinky to play the guitar or video games. Wow. So maybe I would, th- maybe I would cut this pinky There's off. No There's no way. Um, definitely what about cut a, a toe off. What sure. about like a embarrassing tattoo? Would you get an embarrassing tattoo? Where on my body? Right above your junk. It's like on well, your how, well, how embarrassing? What are we talking here? What? Like, hi, mom, or something. <laughs> or like Joe, Joey Joe Burrow parking. I would get, I would <laughs> all others will be. There's toes. no question about that. I would absolutely get a Joe Burr tattoo right above my freaking crotch. That's that's a no-brainer for them to win the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? God, I need to call Roger Goodell right now. <laughs> Good thing I have him on speed dial. Uh, boo the commish, and then get me a tattoo, oh, Roger Goodell, on my grunt. <laughs> Yikes! I mean, you don't really need a tattoo. It already probably looks like him. Hey, oh. Yeah, bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, this is FastCast. <laughs> Bet you thought we forgot about you, but that's not the case. You hear that sound, Zach? Do you hear that? What is that? What's the sound? Oh, shit, that's you and me speeding back into this podcast series. Welcome to Radiovania Prevents. Prevents. <laughs> We're preventing the fast cast. No, we're presenting. I've already had yeah, some. It's more. been a good show. Let's just go ahead and establish that. I'm, I'm a little lubed up. Um, you know, this is where we review the Fast and the Furious movies. We started this this time last year, and we're still not done. Holy shit. Wait a second. That's <laughs> not right. Can it be? It's close to it. I remember beginning to watch these in, like, winter of last year. All right. I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up to fact check. You Please do. I'm going to keep talking about this. This is our in-review series, just like we did the DCEU in-review. And like we're doing Radio Vision for Batman the Animated Series. We're watching all of the Fast and Furious movies. That's right, all of them. All of 10 movies to date, plus Fast X, Fast 10 when that comes out. And Zach, we are here today to talk about 
the eighth installment in the main franchise, Fate of the Furious. That's right. Correct in my assessment. Yeah, uh, episode one of the Fast Cast debuted on February seventh, twenty twenty two. So yeah, taking us taking us a year. (laughs) We definitely won't be done with with Hobbs and Shaw and Nine by February seventh of this year. So not a not a chance. It'll be an over year project. But you know what? Shit happened. It was hot content, hot content summer, fucking content overload fall. We've talked about this. You guys, you know, we've got things. We've been giving you the pods. Yeah, I mean, hey, the thing is, is that I would rather be overambitious and not hit it than to be underambitious and then be like lame as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I also derailed everything by being like, hey, Zach, you want to watch every Batman cartoon? (laughs) 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 That's taken up a lot of time. That's for sure. Radio Vision, next episode coming soon. Clayface, yeah, what check up? It out. Clayface boys, we up? We uh, up. But anyway, this is a main this is a spin-off of our main podcast, Radiovania. If you are a fan of Radiovania and you want, you know, if you want to continue and you're not already subscribed, click that subscribe button. Click that follow button. You know, click that like button. Where can you find those things? Radiovania.com, kids. Use the internet, baby. Google, find that <laughs> shit. Yeah, speaking of Google, if you want to send us some stuff about what, what kind of morons we are, check out speaking uh, radio, of Google. <laughs> check out radiovisionshow at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts on if Charlize Theron is the greatest on screen villain of all time. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> if you Google Radio I was gonna say if you Google Radiovania, you'll find us. We're the top four results. Radiovania on Apple Podcasts, Radiovania Show on Instagram, Radiovania on YouTube, and then the Radiovania Twitter. And then the next thing is something called Radiovania from radiopublic.com. And this tagline here that I've, I can't believe I've never noticed that there was another radio, like a, a radio public thing called Radiovania. It says, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted by Naleka Radway. So go check that out too. <laughs> go listen no, to that. Definitely give them a listen too. But you know, tell them we sent you. Tell them, tell them the boys, the boys in the hot rod cars sent you. I mean, we're only so, kicking their ass in the search engine optimization battle, so we got the top four results. So holding down the fort, baby. Yeah. Oppressed parents, you say? Oppressed parents. Like oppressed by what? Their government? Maybe we shouldn't be talking shit about them. What if they're in like a? They're under a dictatorship. Oh God. We have I it easy th- here in America, man. We do have it easy. We just get to talk about Vin Diesel and beer and. and I know. Uh, what we'd shave onto our bodies for the Bengals to win a Super Bowl. Isn't but they, life they're amazing? oppressed. They're great. oppressed. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, maybe we'll start, maybe we'll start a GoFundMe. Maybe. <laughs> <Silence>. <laughs> I had where, to, had to process we? what you were talking about. Are we in the intro still? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the plugs. So check that us out. Ra- yeah, just Google Radiovania and you'll find us in the top four results. That's what I'm going to start saying right there. Use the old Google search machine. Zach. Yeah. It's been a while since we did this. Last time we talked about Furious 7. Yep. A truly amazing movie. Now we're here to talk about Fate of the Furious, which is a movie. Um, I no, I'm just all jokes aside, I am actually excited to talk about this. I to give people some backstory, when we started this podcast, I had only seen one through seven. And I was supposed to wait to watch eight Hobbs and Shaw and nine 
until we got to those points in the pod. So I have been waiting for months just as long as you guys have, except for I haven't seen the flick until uh, like a couple weeks ago when Zach was visiting. We we plopped that bad boy on, watched all two and a half fucking hours of that movie. And uh, let me tell you, it was a good time. Can you tell me about the first time that you watched it, though? Yeah, so I did, if I'm remembering correctly, I did, I don't know if, I, I'm i not sure if I saw that, I'm pretty sure I saw this movie in theaters, like I'm, I'm like 95% sure, um, but I don't remember anything about the theater going experience. I think, because when, this movie came out in 2017, so yeah, I was April in, 14th, 2017. So I was in college. We were graduating college. We were graduating college, and I'm trying to think like, there's a chance that I saw this movie at the Newport on the Levy AMC and with friends or whatever like that were hanging out at UC because I don't remember it seeing it anywhere else. But um, my memory is hazy, and I'm going to go ahead and blame that on Redacted, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Sure. We'll just leave yeah. it at that. I like it. Cool. Well – how many times would you say you have seen this before um, doing this podcast, including the first time you saw it and when you and I watched it together? When we watched it in Cleveland, I think that was my third or fourth time watching this movie altogether. It's got to be fourth. It's got to be fourth. I, I had to have seen it once in the theater, and then I saw it once at home on demand, once a, like a year or two ago during the pandemic, re-watching yeah. all the movies when I bought the 4K box set, and then four when I saw it with you in Cleveland. So. Wow. It's a, it's one of the Fast and Furious movies I've seen the least. Um, Four times, and that's one of the least. That's, yeah. That says something about your fandom, man. I love it. Sure. Well, it says something about the rewatchability of these movies, too. Even the one I've seen the least is probably still more t- – actually, I've seen Hobbs and Shaw the least amount of times. But I'm very excited um, to watch that. Yeah, I know you are. So I'm Black Superman. <laughs> I get to do my <laughs> We'll get there. The we'll time. get there. I'm not um, joining your goddamn Suicide Squad. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, I forget, it's been so long since we've done an episode of this that I kind of forget how the structure goes. So I'm not going to dive too deep into everything here, but I'll just initial, I'll say my initial thought real quick. I had a fucking blast watching this movie with you, man. I thought we laughed, had a great time, had some wine. Yeah, we definitely we were laughed. hanging out. I think we had a good time. It, it, it was good for me. I hope it was good for you. And, uh, <laughs> That was your foot, right? When we did that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Just making sure. <laughs> that was your KY jelly, right? Uh, no, no, that was just regular jam. What's that um, to here? Shout out to here. <laughs> at to here on Twitter. Or don't do that. Don't follow at. To don't here. do that. Uh, he's doing great though. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had a I had a blast watching the movie. It's definitely one of the um, one of the movies in the franchise I can see myself revisiting the least. However. There are parts of this that I really enjoy, and I was like, if you could just bottle that into a movie, I would be so in. And they did. It's called Hobbs and Shaw, and we're going to watch it next. So that's going to be really exciting for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, be- before we get into the nitty-gritty of the plot and everything, I got some quick facts for you here, Zachary. Hit me with the facts. Hit me with the fast facts. So we already said, released on April 14th, 2017. It was directed by F. Gary Gray. Zach, are you familiar with F. Gary Gray? Uh, somewhat. So didn't this guy, um, I'm going to, there's a movie gonna, that came out in college that I really enjoyed that he directed. Yeah. I'm blanking on it. Don't F. look Gary it up. Gray. Just guess. I'm not looking it up. I think he directed like, didn't he fucking direct 
Oh, God. He directed something really, like, really good after this, too. Like, didn't – or before this. It was, like, a serious movie or something. I, 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 just tell me. I'm I'm, blank, I'm totally blanking. It's a little-known movie from 2015 called Straight Outta Compton. Oh, Straight Outta Compton. That's right. That's right. He's also directed a movie called Law Abiding C- Citizen, which is great. And uh, more importantly, his connection to Jason Statham with 2003's The Italian Job, which is also a really mm-hmm. fun movie if you haven't okay, seen that. Good action flick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was a music video director for the longest time, working with Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, other people, Outkast. Wouldn't and, have guessed. Uh, you know what? He made it up to the big leagues to get to hang out with Vin Diesel in like Russia and shit for multiple months. Um, but yeah, and then the movie was written by Chris Morgan, as are a majority of them, produced by Vin Diesel and Neil Moritz, the creator of the franchise. Music by Brian Tyler. Budget of 250 to 270 million. Let's just go ahead and go with the 270 amount because guess what? They made their money back. Worldwide box office gross of $1.236 billion. So less than seven, right? Yeah. Less than seven, but still like more than any of the other fast movies in the franchise to this point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this puts it as the second in the franchise to this point. Um, maybe cool. Fast Five pushed it, but. This was the period, though, from Fast Five through pretty much what it is now, where besides the pandemic, these movies are making billions of dollars. Like, they're just yeah. juggernauts at this point. So Yeah, if, I forget what Fast Nine ended up as. We'll get to that here in a few weeks. But if can't Fast wait. Nine – Yeah, I can't wait to. But um, Fast if Fast Nine is an interesting cat, I can't wait to talk about because of the pandemic release. Like, it was, like, the first movie I remember going back to see after COVID – um, or during the tail end of COVID, I guess. But it's it was um, you know, it's interesting going from a movie like this, 1.2 billion dollars, then going to Fast Nine, which is bringing you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's some fan favorite characters that come back. There's a lot of great cameos. Um, it's surprising that that movie didn't do very well financially, but it's also you know, take into account the time. But we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Rotten Tomatoes scores, the old tomato meter, a hmm. critic rating of 67%, which just gets it over the fresh threshold, and an audience rating of 72% with over 25,000 ratings. Didn't Fu- didn't Furious 7 have like a critic score of like 80 something or something? Isn't that yeah, like the Furious, highest? Yeah, Furious highest 7 is the highest rated. It's in the, I believe it's in the 80s critic. And uh, let me pull it back up. Okay. I should cool. start keeping track of the data so that we can reference it. But. 81% fresh by critics, wow. 82% fresh by audiences. Wowzers. Yep. So, bit of a drop-off, but there's a big key figure missing, uh, which we spoke a lot about on Furious 7, which is the this was the first full movie released after the um, tragic demise of Paul Walker in real life, and therefore the writing out of the character of Brian O'Connor in the film franchise. He is mentioned in this movie, Um but obviously he does not appear. There were talks of casting his brother to be maybe a relative of Brian, things of that nature. They decided not to do that. And I really think that was the smart choice is to just essentially keep on trucking and and let Fat Furious 7 be what it is. Um, but yeah, so I actually have a quote about that. Uh, in April 2015, Vin Diesel stated that the possible sequel that Paul Walker, quote, used to say that an eighth film was guaranteed. And in some ways, when your brother guarantees something, you sometimes feel like you got to make sure it comes to pass. It's really interesting because they were at it's like a Fellowship of the Ring, right? The quest is on the edge of a knife. They had finished all their contracts. 
they could have they could re up for three more movies, eight, nine, and ten, which is filming right now, or they could just finish the franchise. I haven't seen the rest of these movies besides this one. I'm not a hundred percent sure if they should have kept going, but maybe we'll find out in ten, right? Maybe that'll be a grand conclusion. But what are your thoughts on them continuing after seven? I think that that discussion is best saved to a later time once you're oh, okay. able to see Hobbs and Shaw and nine. Um, okay. But I this universe is is junk food for me, like sure. in a lot of ways. There's some moments of brilliance where it really does out. It becomes there's some moments in Fast and Furious where it's more than just action movies. I think that they're the movies are actually like they have a lot of heart and there's really fun stuff and the practical effects when they're doing a great is great and the action's fun and the there's comedy that makes me laugh and and emotional stuff that hits me it's like when that when that's firing on all cylinders i say keep going till you get, ain't got fuel in the tank you know like i say i say keep letting it go like i i, I think that paul walker loved this franchise so much i think that he would have wanted it to keep going as well um, yeah. if he were still around i think and, that and, you know, probably give his blessing and the family gave their blessing too, both for finishing the production of Fury 7 and continuing on with the franchise. So I definitely think you're in good company with those thoughts. I'm just curious in terms of the quality of the movies. I definitely felt like the character was missing at times. Yeah, you, you made that comment. Um, do you want to read the you – made, you made that comment when uh, we finished the movie. That was like the first thing that you said is that like I miss Paul Walker or something like that. And I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, do we want to do the run through the fun facts before we give our like uh, our sure. like our general thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, newcomers to the franchise, Charlize Theron as Cipher. She is the antagonist of this movie. Um, we'll talk about Charlize. <laughs> you know, this is when this is when the franchise made the jump to what they wanted to make, which was spy thrillers instead of heist films, and then before that was racing films, and. They're continuing the tradition that was established in Furious 7 of like, what if we were like not only good drivers, but really good hackers? You know what I mean? And there's like this digital war going on that I just, yeah. is just not appealing to me. But, you know, that's besides <laughs> the point. Helen fucking Mirren is in this movie yeah. as uh, Mrs. Shaw, Mommy Shaw. She plays Owen and Deckard Shaw's mother. Also, check out Helen Mirren on 1923. My girl's crushing it out there. Tormund Giantsbane from Game of Thrones is Rhodes, who's like the lackey of uh, Charlize, is Charlize's crew. And then Scott Eastwood's in this movie, too, as essentially Kurt Russell's errand boy, uh, Mr. Nobody's character from Little Nobody. Seven. He is, you know, I think I this this could be me just remembering things incorrectly, but didn't he get a lot of hate for this movie for people being like they're just trying to replace Paul yeah, I told, with another I, handsome white boy? Yeah, I was wondering if this fact was going to be in here, but yeah, his character was not received very positively. And I think I was telling you about this when we finished the movie or whatever, but um, yeah, he, they brought him in as the new white kid. Um, he's the FBI agent. He's like the secret operative yeah. or whatever, but then they also give him a blue car, which is Brian's car. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of people were not very happy about uh, that decision there. And uh, spoilers, mild spoilers, that he his character doesn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that's great. And yeah, this listen, is no, no shots, but I've never been a big Scott Eastwood guy. You know what I mean? Clint Eastwood's cool, but I can't think of a movie with Scott Eastwood I've ever like. Watched. You don't remember the grand film uh, also talked about on this podcast, Suicide Squad, where he plays one of the commandos. He's in that movie for a little bit. Yeah. What the fuck? A little bit. He it, works with. He's uh, one of the people that get. Does he get killed by the goo people? I can't remember, dude. That movie sucks. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Um, 
But what I will, I, a fun fact for you, around this time, Disney was about to work on a movie, a little movie called Solo, a Star Wars story. And one of the names who's who was in the in the hat was Scott Eastwood to be Han Solo. And boy, did they dodge bullet with that one. So, <laughs> even if you don't like Alden Ehrenreich, I mean, if you, if you want to see a wooden actor, check out Scott, Scott Eastwood, Eastwood talking yeah, about that's cars a good point. in this movie. It's rough. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I look at Scott Shout Eastwood, out I do not Teller. think Harrison Still Ford. Still wish I could have got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so those are some of our newcomers, tons of cameos that we'll get to when we talk about the plot, but like almost everybody that's not Paul Walker is in this movie, at least for a little bit, unless they're dead, um, in the franchise. Yeah. And then I thought this was hilarious. Lucas Black, who is, uh, he's our boy (laughs) from Tokyo Drift. He couldn't return (laughs) in this movie because he had a scheduling conflict while he was filming NCIS New Orleans. How does that happen? How does that happen, Lucas? So a little what bit of that fuck? gear shift in there now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put, put a little bit of Kong on the grill now, baby. Put a little bit of Gajin in there, baby. <laughs> yeah, how the yeah, fuck I, do you, you fu- big fuck up, Lucas Black? Why'd you Why'd you do that? You can absolutely take a hiatus from it from NCIS to be a cameo in. Well, you know, let's look at shoot this. that shit on the weekend. What if he was? What if it's like a Magnum PI situation? You know, where like. Uh, What's his face? Tom Selleck couldn't be Indiana Jones because he couldn't couldn't get time off. Let's Lucas look. Black is not a main character in NCI. <laughs> There's no we way. We don't know that. Have you watched it? No, I hate. I can't stand those serial. I can't watch any of that shit. NCIS, CBC. Dude, he's in 125 episodes. No of shit. NCIS, New Orleans. Yeah. Good for you, Lucas Black. Cash your check, baby. NCIS New Orleans, huh? Maybe we should get, maybe that should be the next Radio Vision show. He's the fifth build actor in that show behind Holy Scott Bakula and CCH Pounder. What a fucking Scott show. Bakula. We should check that out. Oh my god. Yeah, Coming man. soon to Radio Quantum Vision. Leap. Every episode of NCIS New Orleans. Dude, I would watch that 100%. <laughs> That's good. Sounds great. And we get Just Ralph like, the Baker on the pod as well. I bet he loves it. Shout out to Ralph the Baker. Go follow Ralph the Baker on Instagram. Yeah, everybody cool. go follow cool Ralph content. the Baker. Go to his comments and say at Radiovania Show on Instagram or wherever he's posting. Mostly Instagram. I think he's got TikTok stuff too. But at yeah. Radiovania Show wants you to be on an episode of the show. What say something like that? Yeah, appreciate you, Ralph. If you're listening, we just want to pick your brain. I just have so many questions. I, I want to swap recipes. I want, I want you to cover th- me in butter and throw me on the grill. <laughs> I made I made <laughs> I made shrimp scampi tonight and I threw the butter in the pan just like you would. I should have filmed it, but I was nervous that I would miss one stick of, stick of butter. <laughs> I can I can totally <laughs> see you missing and causing a massive grease fire. And then you get to call me and you're like, Zach, the apartment burned down. Did something bad. Ah <laughs> oh, man. All right, last fun fact. Um, <laughs> there's some really good Dwayne the Rock Johnson lines in this movie. They are they are leaning on him heavily in this movie to deliver a majority of the comedy as well as like Tyrese Gibson. But I thought I would read a couple of them to you and I was going to let you decide if you want me to read them as The Rock or as other people. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know, dude. I, I, I mean, I think that you got to do respect to the quote. So you be the judge of that. If you want to have if you want to have one of your cameos read this line, go for it. But I you know, it's hard to it's hard to fix perfection. Mm, yeah. All right. I'll try one out. I'll try him out as the rock then. <clears throat> Hold on a second. Let me gotta get ready. He's gotta get my let me get my tequila shaker. Yeah. What's his tequila called again? Uh 
Oh shit. Uh, fuck. Oh my God. I see ads for it on Instagram all yeah. the time. Uh, it's like Hermanos or something like that. No, I'm thinking of that's... Los Poyos Hermanos. <laughs> no, Hermanos is, uh, Aaron Paul's tequila with, no, Brian that's Cranston. Dos Ombres is Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston's tequila. You're right. You're right. Hold on. Dwayne Johnson's. Terramana, Terramana. So I knew it had the Armana. Terramana, Terramana tequila. Terramana? Terramana. What a tangent. Terramana. Okay, anyway. I'm going to knock your teeth so far down your throat, you're going to have to shove a toothbrush up your ass to brush them. 10 out of 10. I (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say this. Oh, well. I will beat you like a Cherokee drum. <laughs> the quote is, I will beat your ass like a Cherokee drum. Yep. I love that line so much. I like this one. It's just really simple, quick response where somebody's like, I've been waiting for this for a long time. And he like clocks him and stabs him with a knife. And he goes, keep waiting, bitch. Yes. <laughs> That's a Amazing. great one. Uh, when they're in Russia, yo, shrinkage, we got a sub to catch. Get in. <laughs> Talking about his penis shrinking in the cold. Um. And then here's the best one, obviously. <clears throat> yes, I know exactly what's at stake here, okay? If the pink butterflies beat my red dragons, that means we lose the championship, which means I have 20 little girls who are crying, and that's not a good thing, which means I have to spend a lot of time at the ice cream shops and a lot of time at Tay-Tay concerts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just a little taste of uh, some of the gold that Dwayne The Rock Johnson delivers in this film. Yeah. Yeah, the rock, man. What a what a presence in this movie. Um shame they can't seem to get their relationship in order. Um This is the last movie where the rock and Vin Diesel are on screen together. And they're barely on screen together in this movie. Barely. Barely. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably a contractual thing. They're like, I don't want to be in the same room as him. I think they shot all of Vin in the volume, <laughs> the pre-volume, <laughs> and then they just retroscoped Dwayne the Rock Johnson's body into the shots. Yeah, so. I mean, Vin's on like a plane for most of this movie. He's like hanging out with Charlize, and you know they probably just filmed that in Van Eyes. You know what I mean? They're just like hanging out. Yeah, getting anyway. busy. So, what are your um, overall thoughts on the movie before we dive in? The fate of the Furious. The fate yes. of the Furious. I I like the this F8 movie. The fate of the Furious. Fate. The fate. Yeah, they ne- they didn't ever call it that, but I'm pretty sure in the trailers they did do that, where it's F8, and then it's like Fate of the Furious. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I like this movie. Uh, I I really really enjoy a lot of of its parts. Do the sum of the parts make up a whole? Um, that is, I think, where the debate lies. Uh, I do think that there is some awesome shit in here. I think some of the best. Um. Some of the some really cool action choreography and really cool visuals, I think, are in this movie. Um, the whole zombie car chase scene is a specific standout for me in terms of just like it's pretty impressive to see that much on the screen at that time. And it looks that good. It and a lot of that stuff was done pretty practically. Like there's that famous gif of the of the cars that coming coming out of the building. Um, people see that. I see that on Twitter all the time, like reacting to like. NFL or NBA or like pop culture stuff or whatever, but it's like I don't think a lot of people realize that that was actually a practical shot from this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. It's it's good. I mean, it's it it definitely it doesn't touch some of the best that Fast and Furious has to offer, but I think that the the humor in this one I think strikes a really good balance. Um, 
the humor in this one is really, really well done. Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, what more can you say? Their scenes together are brilliant. Uh, it's almost like it kickstarted an entire separate franchise. Uh, wow. Whoa, which is crazy. Who would think something like that? Um, it's crazy. What I don't love about this movie is um, I think that it has the weakest story of any of the Fast and Furious movies. Maybe Sands 2. I think Too, too Fast, Too Furious might still be worse in terms of like what is the plot here? We got bad guy, do bad thing, race car, get thing. In this one, in this one. That's such a diminishing of Cole Hauser's achievements in Too Fast, Too Furious, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. In this movie, I just don't love the motivation. I think, because it's interesting too, like in the lead up, I remember the trailers for this movie. Um, they played everywhere. And it was all like Vin's turning against the gang. It's like, it's a uh, it's Toretto's yeah. gone rogue. Like that's the only thing your gang hasn't faced is you. It's yeah. you. Yeah. That was all over the marketing for this. And everyone was wondering, like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why are we? Why is Dom a bad guy? Like, why are we making Dom the bad guy? And I just think that the justification for this for that it, as a story, as a story, a plot device is just weak. Um, and that's my least favorite stuff in the movie. Um, is the Elsa is the Elena character Elsa Pataki? What's her name? Elsa Pataki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the weakest stuff in the whole movie. I think it culminates in something really cool, which is the very end. I like the last sequence of the movie, uh, sure. the finale. But yeah. man, overall, that whole subplot with Cipher and Charlize Theron is up there just doing whatever the fuck she's doing, and it is just. That whole part of the movie, it's just like I, I don't like the motivations. I don't like what they're doing. And that really bums me out. It drags this movie down. And <laughs> and this movie, this movie, again, like it's too long. You could trim it's way too long. You could trim so much of this movie and make it a more cohesive, snappy two hours. But instead, they wanted to make this like magnum opus, two and a half hour long fucking monster. Yeah, um, there's like there's like two or three scenes where. Charlize is talking to Dom about the ethics of like betrayal and you know human nature and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, let's let's wrap this. Up. One of my one of my favorite moments of our viewing uh, together was there's <laughs> there's a five minute long scene, and I'm not even joking. Someone five out there minutes. should go time that. There's like a five minute long scene where Charlize is sitting next to Vin Diesel, and it's after she kills Elena, mm-hmm. and she's talking to him about spoilers for Fast Day, by the way. We oh, this that, is but... these are all spoilers. She's talking to him about some bullshit or whatever about like the the fragility of life and what she has to do and why she has to do these things. And during her monologue, it's so long that Charlize is like looking around the plane and it and like just like doing like this or whatever. And at she's one like point, scanning. She's like a fucking Terminator. She's, she's scanning. <laughs> and at one point during this monologue, it's just like you and me sitting in silence. You're like, what the fuck is she looking at? <laughs> and I, I just lost it. I thought that shit was so funny. Um, oh god yeah yeah so i don't know it's a good movie it's not great unfortunately i just i but i don't think it's bad i think it's totally entertaining and watchable i just do not think that i think that it's length and some of its plot decisions kind of hold it back but what it, what it what are your overall thoughts now that you've had some time to like stew on it yeah so i mean you know i definitely i had a really good time watching it. i do not think i would <laughs> i do not think i would have liked it as much watched by myself though um you know, this is definitely a movie I could see myself having a lot of fun in the theater or even just like watching it 
under the circumstances that you and I watched it. Here's the things that I like a lot. Love all the Hobbs and Shaw stuff. I think that's great. Love the rest of the crew. I think they're still great. Especially shout out to my girl, Michelle Rodriguez. She's looking just like, looking fabulous in this flick. Looking but. fabulous. She came back <laughs> from having amnesia and like her character got like better and like intriguing. And, and she like is delivering like good emotional lines and performances. And it's just like, what a glow up for my girl. Shout out to you. Um, and I also really, I actually really enjoy the final sequence. I think driving on ice is always fun for me. Uh, shout out to Die Another Day, a James Bond movie that I thoroughly enjoy. And here's the things that I don't like. I don't like Scott Eastwood. Mm. I don't like Charlize. Not not them specifically, but like the all the sequences built around their characters, I should say. Sure. I I agree with you. I think the motivation's a little thin because, you know... In Fast Five, they were all wanted criminals with the best agent in the FBI on their ass, and they just worked together to get around it. But, you know, Vin Diesel sees one picture on a cell phone. He's like, I've got to go rogue and betray everyone and not tell anyone. <laughs> it's like the, it's just it doesn't it doesn't really seem like like it was fully baked in the oven. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, but that being said, I love the idea of doing a twist where a character goes rogue. That's great. I just wish that the. The pretenses were better. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Um, We got to talk about the baby, though. That baby was gestating inside of Chris Hemsworth's wife for like 15 months. So, that's weird. Yeah, the Uh, timeline is a little wackadoo here. Uh, It's one of those things that's like, don't think about it too hard or else your brain will turn to mush. Sure, sure. Um, It's It's like why people don't have ID in Star Wars. You know what I mean? It's just like no one has a driver's license. So, yeah, can't figure that out. I mean, we um, looked this up on Google, right? And I think the only explanation that we were able to come to is that the you have to imagine that the events of six and seven happen very close together, like within yes. a like within a month or two of each other. Correct. So, which would and, then mean that eight is a couple months after seven. Right, because that baby is, if not a year old, a little less than right. That sure. baby, that baby's like. 10 months old 11 months old it looks it looks young i don't know i don't know how yeah, i don't know how big, babies look the big problem though for me is is you know i've never carried a baby nor have i known anyone that's carried my baby but in seven do you literally mean carry a baby as in carry it to term or yeah. to hold it? okay <laughs> to term in seven <laughs> <laughs> in seven statham goes to the rocks office and they fight and and it's awesome yeah. but yeah. then that culminates in the rock saving elena by jumping out of a window and then landing on a car together she got that lucky. baby is terminated immediately like if you <laughs> like there's no way that's that kid and is she and, and, and for the timeline to work though she would have been pregnant at that time yeah, which i believe is unless fine. it was like two weeks after she got pregnant <laughs> But think about it. That kid inside of her womb is the spawn of Dominic Toretto, and it was it was it landed on uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm. So mm. you had serious like it, magical implications there too, like the the sure. you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, sort of like the power transfer there. Um, so I think that you can write some of that off. I I buy it. It's just you know you can't think too hard about it because it doesn't make any sense because six is six is the London. Right, and they're fighting Shaw. 
Owen Shaw. Yep. And then at the very end of that movie is like Giselle dies and there's like the funeral and everything. And then and Han then, dies. And then Han dies at the end or whatever. And then Seven starts and then Seven is the whole thing with Brian and and everything that goes down there, Abu Dhabi. Like that is a long time. Like it feels a lot longer than it is. So to to imagine six and seven happening like a couple weeks because – and that's the other weird thing too is that – um, at the beginning of seven, which takes place after six, Brian's dropping his like middle school kids off at fucking yep. at daycare or whatever. And, and they I'm were like, born at the beginning of six. Yeah. And it's like, how the fuck does that work? I have if no idea. <laughs> if you're basing it off of Jack's age, it doesn't line up. It's loose. Yeah. It's it's loose. But you it know what? I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time talking about it no. because it's ultimately that's what that's the route they went with. That's that's Vin's motivation. We get baby Brian. That's great. Love that. Love that for the ending. Um, yeah. But besides that, I, I actually do really enjoy the film. I think it's a lot of fun. I actually think it's directed really well, too. I think Gary Gray was pretty good for directing these large scale action sequences. I mean, just comparing stuff that he had done in the past i think his resume ticket punched was uh was the italian job though so yeah and i'll say too i actually think that gary gray it's gary gray right yeah f gary gray f gary gray sound that sounds doesn't that sound like a like a bad teen novelist <laughs> like like junie b jones <laughs> like junie b jones or something like that um i think yeah. that he probably got the best vin diesel performance in the whole franchise except no. for maybe one yeah, there um, it is. Yep. There it is. But One's think about it. Okay, been. so not the best performance, the most emotional performance. Because that scene of him, like, the anger that you see in his face and then, like, the tear that he's actually yeah. able to – what is that, your Vin Diesel impression? You're like, no. When he's, when he's pounding on the oh. glass. Mm. <laughs> 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 he's, like, beating his chest. He eats a banana. <laughs> Cracks it in half and eats oh a banana. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah, Gary Gray did a good job. Yeah, I echo that stuff too. I, I you know, a but lot it's of funny though. It's like, like he got that, but he has an Oscar-winning actress, Charlize Theron, that he gets the worst performance out of. In the it movie. is the worst performance, and that is the most baffling thing to me is that like I just don't know this what her coming direction off, was. Yeah, Mad Max was two years before this. It's like no, it she yeah it was. No, it was. Fury Road <laughs> was 2015. No this shit. 2015. Yeah, this is post Fury Road. Oh my god! And you know, I, I think <laughs> there's something to be said though. Like, have you seen the Huntsman movies? Snow White and the Huntsman. I saw the first one, but I barely remember it. She's pretty bad in those two. I'm not entirely. Convinced. I don't think she's a very good <laughs> actor. <laughs> I'm not entirely convinced that uh, I like her in a lot of stuff besides like Mad Max and a couple other things. I'm trying to think like what's the best Charlize. Theron movie that I've seen that's not Mad Max. Did you see Longshot? Longshot was pretty good. No, I never saw that. Um, what about what's it called? Monster. That's a good one. Isn't no Monster? Oh, Monsters! Yeah, 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 yeah. That movie's actually Jenkins really movie? good. Yeah. Yeah, the Patty Jenkins movie is actually really good. She's in The Road with Vigo. That's a good. That's a good role for her. Vigo um, Morgenstein. Morgan yeah. dude jerk and uh she was in Prometheus. Remember that? Remember remember her in Prometheus? She was in Prometheus. I forgot that entirely on purpose. Um Hancock, Bombshell was the movie Hancock? that she did big <laughs> Bombshell was the movie where she had all that uh she did the face makeup, right? That was pretty cool. 
Um, yeah, that was the, like, the news like anchor movie. movie. You yeah. seen Atomic Blonde? I never saw Atomic Blonde. No, I never saw it. It was like the you know uh, predecessor to John Wick. It was fun. Okay. Yeah, you know, listen, she's great in in a couple of things. She's in Fast X as Cipher. God damn it! Is she in Fast Nine? Oh wait, she, she is. She's the yeah, simple Jack sorry. haircut. That's right. Yeah, she has a simple Jack haircut. <laughs> she's a great cameo in uh, The Boys, by the way, which is hilarious. You turn to turn on the NOS. <laughs> yeah. You m- m- make me ha- happy. She was in Kubo and the Two Strings. You like that movie, right? I never saw Kubo. Oh, shit. Sorry. I know. It's a disgrace. A Laika movie that I haven't seen. It's, it's a bummer. But What else is she in? What else is she in? Nothing that is worth bringing up. Yeah, oh, she's I, in The Italian Job. So that yeah, she sense. was in that movie, too. So Gary sense. Gray and her go way back. It's, I think it's funny. I think she was like... How weird can I be? And he was like, as weird as, as, weird as you want. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'm going to go ham. And he's like, no one can stop me. I don't want you to make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, though, because that, that seems to be her direction. Her character's direction is like, you're weird. You're an anti-socialite. You're smarter than everybody else. You think you're better than everybody else. You're crazy. Act crazy. And Charlize is like, okay. <laughs> hold, oh, my beer. <laughs> hold my beer hold my corona <laughs> yeah so interesting it, it, yeah that is the most frustrating thing about this movie is i think that the just the villain and the the bad guys are i like tormund i think he's good but he's kind of just playing tormund without the funny yeah which is you know beard, okay guys good death him. he gets a good death too Great like death. Snap yeah. neck or whatever, like like yeah, that's but, tight. Then just yeah, <laughs> he just Kratos is his ass. Yeah, <laughs> he gives him like the chicken treatment. You know what I mean? So good, awesome. Well, I'm I'm ready for you to hit the nas on the plot. I might need a refill before we get started. But uh, you have anything right, else well, you want to say? No, not in terms of general stuff. I I mean I think I'll reiterate. Good movie problems. It'll, we'll, I'm curious to see where this ranks for the two of us. I feel like it might be contentious because I think I like this movie more than you do. Um, but again, I've also seen it a couple times. I'd be curious to know if you like rewatched it on like your own leisure and you were able to like pause it and like come back to it. I think I wonder if you would have would enjoy it more um, going back on it because this movie. Here's the last thing I'll say before we get to the plot. This is a great chapter skip movie, quote unquote. I'm gonna coin that term, uh, chapter skip. Yeah, yeah, I like, like it. Uh, back in the day, I used to have like DVDs of Spider-Man, Star Wars, the prequels especially, Lord of the Rings, and I would be like, today I really want to watch Helm's Deep, or today I want to watch when Obi-Wan fights General Grievous, and I would just pop that, that movie in and go directly to that scene and watch it. This movie is kind of that, like it's kind of like hundred percent, yeah. It's like, oh, I want to watch the scene where they're running, they're driving through New York City with a bunch of cars. Okay, you can go right to that scene and you're just able to watch a cool action sequence. Okay, I want to see all of the stuff in Russia. You can go see Russia. <laughs> it's like this movie just has like moment, really good moments. It's just the the binding, the tissue binding everything together is a little. It's a little weak sauce, and it's kind of it's a. <laughs> I think it's bummer. It's a big bummer coming off of five, six, and seven, which I think are three of the best action movies of the last few decades. Um, and I think that that is probably what's hurting this the most in terms of the ranking and score. Is that like imagine this movie if it didn't f- precede um, those three movies? Like I wonder if this if this movie came out after four, I would imagine we would be way higher on it. Um, 
than we yeah. are now. But uh, you know, yeah. say la vie. That is just you know, that's the times. That's that's the, what we live in. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so we're back and we're here to talk about the fate of the Furious, the plot for Facing the Furious. Now, John, Swan Song Parker. Yes. We watched this movie together in Cleveland. Yeah. And we watched it, and I wanted to be present while watching it, so I did not write notes. So I do not have my script in front of me like I typically do. So we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to kind of improvise. We're going to shoot from the cuff, and I'm going to read from the the Wikipedia plot. Yeah. Which unfortunately means, you know, you know, this movie is really fun. We had a good time. Um, you're unfortunately not going to get a lot of those Zachisms that we get from me writing my own script plot to the movie. Sure. But I think that we'll still have a good time, uh, and this will be the last movie I think that we do this for because when we do watch the other ones, I will, I, I will, I, I promise the fans out there, I will write my scripts, I will have the the plot down, uh, but I'm gonna do this more Jonathan style in uh, the DCEU in review. So I'm gonna try to go from memory as much as I can. Okay. And you just interject, you just jump in wherever you want here. Okay. So here we go. Dom and Letty are in Havana. Cuba. Havana. Havana, Ooh, Cuba. Nah, nah. Ooh, nah, nah. Yeah. yeah. And they're they ha- they're hanging out there in 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 the scene. And and uh, to make everybody aware too, we did watch the extended cut. I think it's only like eight extra minutes of footage, but I'm pretty sure all eight of those come from this the beginning sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cold um, open is cold. It's long, but it's fun. It is fun, but this is, again, I don't know how you feel about this. One of those scenes I think you could have cut. I think you could have just started this right out, right where the pre- the prologue ends. I do think that it was kind of just a lot of setup to but show gets... Vin and Letty before Dom goes rogue so that you know what the stakes are if you haven't been invested in the franchise. But I don't know. On. I like this scene. This might actually be one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy cow. I think I think they both look great. They both look happy. They're having a good time. Dom's cousin's there or whatever. He's, you know, he's in trouble with the law. But it's got one of the best lines, which is like, it's not about what's under the hood of the car. It's what's behind the wheel. You know what I mean? Who's behind the wheel, yeah. That's a great line. It is a good line. But yeah, so like you mentioned, they're in Havana. They're hanging out. Uh, this plot synopsis on Wiki says it's their honeymoon. I don't know if they specifically say that, but I guess they're on yeah. their honeymoon in Havana. Yeah, because they got he, she doesn't remember them getting married, so they never went on their honeymoon, right? So it's a delayed honeymoon now that they're back delayed together. Honeymoon. Yeah, because so, they got back together in six, and then all of seven happened, and they still hadn't taken a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, better late than never, you know? It's like uh-huh. COVID. It's like some sure. people took their honeymoons in 2023. I think that's what Dom and Letty were doing here. So yeah, of no problem there at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Dom's cousin, Fernando. Or no, 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 no. Fernando is the local street racer, but Dom's cousin is here who have we, we've never seen this kid before, right? This is the no, first Ronaldo. introduction of Dom. Yeah. Ronaldo is his name? No, Ronaldo's the local racer. Fernando's the cousin. Fernando's the cousin. Okay. Um... Yeah, so he's he's in a bit of a bind. He owes money for a car or something like that. There's a local hothead that they're there. He's yeah, trying like he owes, he owes money to, to a loan car. shark. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so Dom gets a bright idea. He's like, you know what? This reminds me of this reminds me of back in the day, baby Barstow, baby racing cars. I need a quarter mile car. Need a pink slip. Gonna race for a pink slip. Gonna get this kid's car back, and I'm gonna be the hero because that's Dominic Toretto, baby. Yep. Um. So yeah. Uh, they he wagers his own uh, show car 
uh, but the guy's like, ah, if, if it's not the if it's not the carts, who's ever behind the car? Then you're gonna race in this piece of shit right here. And he points to like this old broken down piece of BS or whatever. Luckily, yeah. this thing's got nice because they installed it. <laughs> they installed it. Um, yeah, Dom drives his cousin car, cousin's car equipped with Cuban nitrous oxide. I like that they specify it's Cuban NOS, so it's it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit spicier. It's got, it's got a little a, bit. It's got, it's a, got a, extra kick to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while it's racing, a little bit of that NOS in the tank now. <laughs> <laughs> what if uh, what if Ralph the Baker has a cameo in Fast Ten? Can you imagine? That's that would be. Think, they race in New Orleans. I think they we'd, hit a, Orleans. we'd hit a nexus point like in Loki and the earth would explode. It'd be amazing. They race in New Orleans and uh, instead of like the hot girl that waves the flags, it's Ralph the Baker. He walks out and he's got like all like the hearts. It's a stick of butter. Hat. He throws butter on the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> all right, three now, baby. <laughs> Two now, son. And one, go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> all right, let's go. All right, let's go. Um, yeah, one of Fernando's thugs manages to position his motorcycle in the racing path ca- ca- and causes a crash into Dom's car, uh, which damages the engine, causing it to uh, start to slow down. You know, they're racing through the streets. Uh, it is kind of a cool scene. Like, it, this is where the people are, like, driving out in front of them to, like, make paths in the in the way of, like, their traffic of they're going along, which is cool. You got a busy street. How do you make a street race out of a busy street? Yeah, you cause some distractions, cause some stoppage in traffic. So it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, the car starts slowing down. Dom rips off the throttle cable, causing the car to run at full speed, uh, which causes the engine to overheat more, which this is the part that I really like where the engine is catching more and more on fire, uh, which is really, really funny. And this got the first big laugh out of the movie for the two of us where like the fire engulfs the entire car and it's just, it's Vin Diesel behind the wheel and he's like, (laughs) the best is he like, he kicks, he kicks the windshield out, right? He's like. So he could see better, but there's still flames. <laughs> I also think like, he was trying to get more air in the car, too, because it's like the fire is fire, inside the car. Fire needs oxygen, though. Why would you want more air? <laughs> well, you want the fire to not be inside your cockpit, right? You want it to, you know, it's mm. going to burn more, but at least he's not toasting. And the I fact think, that he comes away from this unscathed. Regardless. It's like it's down in like where the where like the brakes are and stuff too. Like yeah, it's by his feet. It's like yeah. have you ever seen that video of the guy that puts like the torch inside that crock, and it's like, and it's like it's like <laughs> Vin Diesel's feet are just melted. They're part of the brakes at this point. I think yeah, I think he's just a Kryptonian, and we just yeah. need to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the cause overheats, the heat from the turbo causes it to leak fuel into the engine and catch fire. The fire in the engine breaks the windshield. Uh, Dom turns the car around, which is cool. He flips it in reverse so that the fire is no longer coming at him, but it's going away from him as he's driving in reverse. Cool Smart moment. Smart move, Dom Tredo. Smart move. Smart move, baby. Is why, why he's the best. Um, yeah, so despite his efforts with the old car, he wins the race, uh, and right at the finish line too, he pulls the, he hits the Nas on the plot and it's like that last finish line second, like thing photo finish across the edge. And to my, in my questionnaire in my, in Zach's brain, how do they know? How do they know? Who's this gotta get be a, a spotter. Yeah. They got a spotter. Did someone yeah. take a video of that? Yeah. I think it's, it's not probably not a, it's like, um, you know, it's like how referees are like that guy caught the ball right there. You know what I mean? Like I saw it right there. Yeah. But I think, but they know that's the thing is that they cross the finish line and Dom without looking at anybody's like, yes. And then the other guy's like, fuck, <laughs> but no one's signaling. You know, no one went like, no one gave I think, I think Dominic Toretto might know the exact dimensions of every car. And he's just like, he knows he's got that guy beat by an inch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dominic sure. Toretto knows inches very well. I'm sure. 
So, yeah. Yeah. And then they meet up there. Doesn't matter if it's by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Uh, so yeah, they get back up to the podium or whatever the the car. And another scene that I really like too is that he bails out of the car at the last minute because he's like he keeps going. He's not able to stop. It's like no brakes, Dom. No brakes. Cars can't fly, Dom. And Cars then, on fire. <laughs> and then he, he jumps out of the car or whatever, and it launches off the thing. And you got these spectators that are just watching, and they're like, they're like. Yeah, hey, the car the car like car. goes off the road into like the ocean, right? Yeah, definitely killed a couple tropical fish. Um it's like Michael mm. Bay killing that pigeon. Dominic Toretto's now is gonna be <laughs> now <laughs> arrested for killing endangered fish in the Gulf of Havana, Cuba. Maybe that's what Fast Ten's about. He gets served. <laughs> you, killed, you killed a fucking tuna in Cuba. <laughs> you killed the world's oldest living tuna. I gotta bring you in, Toretto. <laughs> um (laughs) so yeah they get back to the thing or whatever the guy hands him the keys to the car he's like you won fair and square and he's like you can keep your car and he gets a friend out of it though which is gonna he does get a friend mutual respect it comes back into play comes back into play Mm -hmm. um but yeah the the next day they're like hanging around in havana still after the race or whatever dom's like picking up groceries or something he's got a fucking baguette which i think is funny they're like the the props guy was like all right we need uh we need props we need we need need something for him to carry and what should we have him carry how about a loaf of bread how about a loaf of bread and like some white kroger bags or whatever and they give this to dom and he's walking maybe dom's you know maybe dom's going home and make letty like a like a muffalata you know what i mean like a nice cubano he's gonna press it on a flat iron we don't know (laughs) I'd like to think that he's a he's a good home chef, you know, or maybe he's just got a bunch of cans. Maybe he's got. What do you think his go-to meal is? Ah, Chef Boyardee. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, this stuff is real good. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Letty, I got you spaghettios. He's like, again, Dom, again, you got spaghettios. He's like, it's real Italian. He always seemed like um you know those microwavable white castles? He always seemed like a like a frozen hamburger kind of guy to me, you know? They showed John they sh- they showed Dom and <laughs> they showed Dom an air fryer for the first time and he's like, Oh <laughs> He's like, Does that thing got NOS? He hooks like a thing of NOS up to his air fryer and he's like, I can cook you some I can cook you some Trader Joe's fucking crab rangoon in like four seconds. Actually, you know what? I think we're under we're we are diminishing his accomplishments. He runs a barbecue like every weekend for everybody. It's he's true, a grill yeah. guy. He yeah, he's probably, a grill he guy. He probably makes like chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's he probably, probably grills grills thing. chicken, veggies, ribs. bread, ribs, yeah, sauce. But he's I, got be, a nice I bet sauce. you Dom's in like the exotic meats. You know what I mean? He's getting like antelope ribs or something. <laughs> All his worldly travels. He's like, Y'all ever had peacock? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I make a mean, I make a mean peacock. <laughs> Tesh, bring out the peacock. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. So. So that was the that was the intro. <laughs> that was the intro. Well, we missed the the last thing is that there's a hot chick working on his car, and Dom immediately forgets that he's a married is she man. Hot, though it's uh. <laughs> well, from the side she's hot, and then when she see the dreads, you're like, ooh. Yeah. And it's a terrible choice. Terrible choice. Really, really interesting choice by the costume department. Yeah, yeah, just a bad choice overall. But um, yeah, yeah. he there's a there's a chick working on his car. 
he, or working on her car. He walks over and he's like, it looks like you got a problem with your gas pedals or something like that. And she's <laughs> she's like working on the thing. And, and he, he, it's like a battery problem, right? <laughs> well, she's like working on the engine. I'm imagining he walks up and he's like, you got a flat. <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> no, it's an engine problem, Dom. And he's like, oh. And then she's, and then the script starts flipping. She's like, I know you, Dominic Toretto. And they start talking or whatever. And then she's like, if you're gonna, if you know what's good for you, you'll come with me. And she's like, and I got something that you're gonna want to see. And shows him a phone. He takes a look at the phone, and his eyes immediately grow wide. And then yeah, we don't see the phone. Is, yeah, we don't which see the phone, is, we, which we is an interesting choice. We just see him yeah. hold the phone. But again, it's like think about this. Like the marketing for this movie, like I was talking about at the top, the whole thing was like. Why is Dom going rogue? Why is Dom against the family? And then, like, the fact that they hold that mystery from us for at least, what is it? It's like 45 minutes until we see El- uh, Elena. So, can I, I mean, tell you what I thought was originally on the phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me. Giselle. That she was oh, still you thought alive it was, and they were holding her hostage. Cow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was my initial thought. And then we obviously find out, you know, in a couple paragraphs that it's it's Elena. So. Baby. Yeah. Baby. Baby. <laughs> Egg. <laughs> uh, shortly after the encounter, Dom and his team, comprising of Letty, Roman Pierce, Tej Parker, and Ramsey, are reunited by the diplomatic security service agent Luke Hobbs to help him retrieve an EMP device from a military outpost in Berlin. But this is um, after one of the best scenes, which is where he's a yeah, soccer so, coach. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it doesn't go right to this. It kind of just shows what it shows what a couple people are up to, but not everybody. Um yeah, I think just Hobbs. Is it just Hobbs? I thought that they just showed Hobbs. Okay, right. you would assume correctly. that that would have been like because that's like that's a Fast and the Furious mo thing is showing what the gang has been up to, like in in six or whatever when they're like Tej is on his plane or whatever, or yeah. Roman's on his plane and he gets sure. the call or maybe whatever. Tej maybe it's all on the cutting room floor. Yeah, maybe deleted scenes or something. But yeah, yeah so sure. talk about the soccer scene. I know that this is just, a scene. That it's we, just Tyrese really at the Red Rose. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> you belong with me. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Shout no, but the, the, the soccer scene's awesome because it's it's got this great serious transition after we find out that Dom's getting blackmailed somehow, and it's like it's like the Rock looking into the camera very seriously. It's a close up, so we don't see what's going on, and he's just like. If we don't get this, we're going to lose. And then it like pans out and he's giving a pep talk to like Pee Wee soccer with his daughter. And it's just yeah. really good. It's a funny scene. It is All cute. It's very, very cute. Over the coach, which is really funny. And uh, yeah. And then uh, DSS shows up and is trying to recruit him for this job specifically. And that's when they ask him like, hey, do you have a team for the job? You're going to need one. He's like, I already got a team. And that's when everybody gets together for the job. So, OK, cool. The job is cool, though, because this is the job with um. The wrecking ball, right? The wrecking ball. Don't they have a wrecking ball? That's yeah, how they yeah, get away. yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's they're a, driving that's through a cool, like a construction cool zone or whatever. And yeah, it's the yeah. whole like, oh, it's coming back, baby, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this paragraph might be skipping some stuff then. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm not thinking about it or whatever, but yeah. Um yeah, so there's the soccer scene. Luke Hobbs is hanging out with his daughter. Uh, everything, everything that you said happens. Uh, you get that really awesome line, which is the Tay Tay concerts and everything, and just and she's she, like, she's like, Daddy's gotta go to work, and he's like, Daddy's gotta Daddy's go to gotta work. Daddy's gotta go to work. Yep. yep. Um, 
So yeah, they're they're apparently looking after an EMP device. Mr. Nobody's looking for a a hacker named Cypher um, that is looking for an EMP device from a military. And uh, Ramsey thought it was Cypher's like, no, Cypher's not a person. It's a group. It's a conglomerate or whatever. And it's like, nope, Cypher's a real person. It's like an actual somebody. It's an actual hacker. Um, but yeah. During the getaway, Dom goes rogue. So this is the whole scene with like the wrecking ball, but uh, they get to the end, they get the EMP or whatever, and then they're all like, okay, break off, and then we'll meet back at the base or whatever. And and Hobbs and, and Dom go on one path, and the group goes on the rest of the path. Uh, Dom, yeah, ends convenient. Up, yep, yeah. Dom ends up running Hobbs' car off the road. Can we talk about that? Sure. Hobbs always drives like a tank SUV, right? <laughs> If if Dom, I know Dom's got that American muscle. I get it, and he's the hero, right? But if he like tried to bump that car, don't you think he would just be like smushed underneath the weight of that vehicle? <laughs> yeah, it depend. Like, yeah, because it's like Hobbs is clearly driving some sort of like anti-aircraft car, <laughs> like truck of some kind. It's yeah. like you would assume that it's a little bit stronger than a fucking Dodge Ram or whatever. Yeah, he's always got like a Humvee. Anyway, that's just me. That's just me nitpicking. But yeah, I think it's cool that he like gets him while he's isolated. You know what I mean? The best though is his reaction when he's like, "What the hell, Toretto? Like, what are you thinking?" <laughs> it's yeah it is funny because like he's just ran off the road and done like three flips and he's sitting in the car like a pretzel with like this seatbelt and he looks over and he's like what the hell dom <laughs> like and then like, yeah and then it, it's not until he sees him take the emp that he's like what are you doing if you do this you're gonna be a you know wanted man again <laughs> again <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like, he, he's like, what, I, I'm like, what, what are you, what are you, what were you expecting? What were you expecting Dom to, to say? Like, Can imagine I, if he was just like, oh, gotcha. Or something like think, that. Do you think they were on the same scene for this? This There's might no be shots people. where they're both in it. There's no shots when they're both in it. So they could have been on just separate sound stages. It's totally possible. I think, I think they were filming Dom on one turnpike and they're cops like 50 feet down the road. And they had like radios. They're like, okay, walk towards the car now. Go for All Toretto. Right. Go for Toretto. <laughs> <laughs> we got camera one on Toretto. We need camera two. We need camera two. Yeah. I, yeah. So Dom I goes rogue. He steals the device. The scene together. Yeah. It's, you're probably right. Um, steals the device on Cypher's behalf. Uh, while Hobbs is arrested by German police and locked up in the same high security prison, he helped imprison Deckard Shaw in. Hell That's yeah, right. Baby. We get this whole scene. Uh, this is the introduction of Mr. Uh, the little nobody character, right? Where he's like leading him into the prison. They're like, you got to talk like blah, 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 blah. We'll do whatever you want. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, you know, my policy or whatever. And then there's the whole thing where he like basically rips the cuffs apart and then like holds them up on the door. And then Kurt Russell walks over and he's like, whoa, whoa, before you fucking kill this kid. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, let's let's uh, let's see what happens or whatever. But uh, yeah. Hobbs opts for prison. And we get the best subplot of this whole fucking movie, which is. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yes. They're locked. <laughs> they're conveniently locked into cells across from this each far other. from each other. And their cells are conveniently also totally transparent. Like they got yeah. bars on one side and the door on the other and they can just talk to each other. And so uh, verbal insults ensue. And it's fabulous. It's great. It's honestly, it's just it's um, it's like WWE. It's just like. Let's get the shit talking going face to face and then shit's going to hit the fan, which is just awesome. Yeah. Everything in this prison, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's just like dynamite, like great idea. No, it's I fantastic. Love a, love a prison break. That's always one of my favorite mantras in anything 
or not mantra, like things that, things that get used a lot. Um, it's, it's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this for sure. Get, uh, beat you like a Cherokee drum. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. They're verb They're like, I can't remember all the quotes. We talked about them at the top, but they're, they're just, they just have one liner after one oh, liner after one oh, liner. I fucking love him. He's great. It's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after both are later extracted, where am I here? This fucking paragraph is so they imprison him in there. It says after making an escape, both are later extracted from the prison. So does the escape happen like really close after them being locked up? I thought it was pretty soon after. Yeah, I don't remember what I don't remember what happens here. He gets locked up in the prison, notices Shaw there. Do we cut to anything else? Do we cut to like the team doing something? I can't remember. Um, no, because the next time we see the team together is when Mr. Nobody is briefing them and Dwayne and Deckard together about the mission. So then this must be it. Like, I think we just get yeah. some like we get some extra shot here or something like that. Maybe it's a cypher shot. Maybe it's Vin I think doing it's, something. it's cypher it's Dom dropping the EMP off at Cypher's airplane. Boom. There we go. And the but reason then, why we don't remember it is because the scenes are really bad. <laughs> They're really bad. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah. So then we get the prison break. We'll just skip right to it. Um, yeah. The, basically, Kurt Russell, Mr. Nobody, like, initiates this entire prison break sequence, which is great because they have, like, some – there's some line he says, like, if – if we weren't separated by a couple of walls, I'd shove my fist so far down your throat. And then the door goes, and it opens. It's great. Uh, and then we just get a fucking awesome, awesome scene here with like the prison guards going crazy. Hobbs and Shaw doing crazy shit. Uh, like Shaw's like jumping out and like diving over shit or whatever. Yeah, He's like leapfrogging around. You know what I mean? It's and Hobbs awesome. is Hobbs is just walking like fucking Jason Voorhees like through the fucking thing, just like trying to trying yeah. to subdue these guards. And then that's the whole like I've been waiting for this for a long time. Keep waiting, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this scene is really fun. It's just it's first of all though this this prison's like really high tech. Like it looks like it's in the future, but it is cool to see just like these. It looks two like the action. kiln. Yeah, it does. To see these two action juggernauts just kind of like fuck around with a bunch of different guards amongst all the chaos. And then it culminates with them getting outside where they're about to like go to go to blows. And, and like Kurt Russell standing like right there. <laughs> and he's like, that took longer than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. I also liked uh, a laugh that I think I got from you or whatever in the in while we were watching this was like the, he, Dom or Dwayne. Dwayne at some point grabs like one of the guns that's shooting rubber bullets and he's just absolutely wasting these fools with the, the rubber shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, then they they escape. Mr. Nobody's Wait. there to recruit them. Yeah. Did you have I was going to say Hobbs, Hobbs takes like a full. 12 gauge rubber bullet round to like the chest and he's, he's just like, like he's like oh. rubber bullets big mistake yeah. <laughs> grabs it from <laughs> yeah it's awesome have you ever been shot with a rubber bullet <laughs> do you want to no <laughs> i have not um i've had one pointed at me but that's besides the point holy shit maybe maybe that should be that should that could be a fantasy punishment is it um, i would take a rubber bullet for the race to win the world series absolutely <laughs> Oh, I'd take one right to the gonads. No, I'd take it like right in my fat belly. I think it'd be really funny. <laughs> we like we put that shit on slow mo as it's just like <laughs> it's like a guy catching a cannonball on his stomach back in the circus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
they recruit him there. Uh, they get back to uh, they get back to the base, and then I guess this is right where you were saying is that they've got yeah, this is Mr. Nobody's base. Mr. Nobody's. They're not base. working with DSS anymore. They're working with Mr. Nobody mm-hmm. and his protege Eric. <laughs> Eric. Uh, yeah, so Deckard Shaw reveals the cipher, that Cypher was the mastermind of previous encounters with the team, such as employing his brother Owen Shaw to steal the nightshade device in Europe and orchestrating the attempted theft of the God's Eye, uh, which was Ramsey's software program. This is where Shout we get out the whole to Jaiman Huntsu. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we get the the Jaiman Huntsu there. Um, and I was, this is where I was like, is the God's Eye another major part of this movie too? And you were like. You were doing that yeah. thing where you just like nod without saying anything. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then you were like, does it come back in the other movies? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And you were like, you're silent. I was like, God. <laughs> they love the God's eye, baby. They, they, the God's it's eye. Stupid. It is stupid. Okay. Yeah. The interesting thing is that the whole hacker spy thriller aspect of Fast and Furious is like, I think it's what resonates most with younger audiences too, because I don't know if you've seen that spy uh, it's called like Fast and the Furious Spy Hunters or something. It's an animated cartoon. Have you seen this? There's we're an not animated that for this, are we? No, we're not. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like a it's like a TV series on Nickelodeon, but it's like it's an animated <laughs> Fast and Furious cartoon, but it's like a spy thriller. Okay. Seriously, look it up. It's wild. Just... I'm not looking. <laughs> no, I'll look it up right now. That's funny. Okay. Now. Yeah, that's fine. Spy Hunter. It's called like Fast and Furious Spy Hunters or something like that. Spy Racers, sorry. Spy Racers. A 2019 series. Yeah, Vin it's a it's on Netflix. Vin Diesel Vin is Diesel's in it. Yeah, Vin Diesel's in it. He's got a cameo. What? But like if you look at images from it, like the like Dude, the thumbnails. There are, there are six seasons. We're not watching. <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> be out, be out. American computer animated streaming television series that premiered on Netflix in December 2019 based on the Fast and Furious film franchise. Executive produced by Vin Diesel. He's like, oh, I like cartoons. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. It premiered on December 26, 2019, and its final season was December 17, 2021. So they did six seasons in two years? In two years. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's the plot. Here we go. Bottle episode right now. Here we go. <clears throat> Spy racers. Tony Toretto, <laughs> Dominic's cousin, <laughs> is recruited. We could have written this. Is recruited by a government agency together with his friends to infiltrate the elite racing league, serving as a front for a criminal organization known as Shifter. That's S-H-1-F-T-3-R. Shifter. Of course it is. That's bent on world domination. That's season one. Season two. The gang goes to Brazil on an undercover mission <laughs> to find Layla Gray and prevent the potential world domination at the hands of the long-thought deceased daughter of well-known gang in Rio de Janeiro. Season three. Tony and his crew make a dangerous journey to the Sahara Desert where Mrs. Nowhere mysteriously oh, disappears on a God. mission there. All agents uncovering a plot by a maniacal villain using remote-controlled weather satellites. Season four. Mrs. Nowhere and Tony's crew are framed for a crime they had no involvement in, and they flee to Mexico to find the real culprit, clear their names, and flee the unstoppable super agent, hunting them down. Jesus, it's literally the fast of the furious <laughs> for kids. Season five, the group travels to the South Pacific Ocean to rescue one of their own, leading to a face-off with an old enemy. Season six, the final. The team returns 
to fighting against the old nemesis in a showdown that takes them all the way back to Los Angeles. I heard it was nominated for like four Emmys. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Spy Racer. Better than The Last of Us on HBO. Definitely. All right, continue. Yep, there you go. There's our bottle episode. So, <clears throat> yeah, so they're trying to get God's Eye, the God's Eye. Everyone's got the God's Eye. Teams track Dom and Cypher. God's Eye, God's Eye, God's Eye. The teams track Dom and Cypher to their very location. This is another one of those tropes that I I'm so I hate this trope, but it's funny that it's in this because everyone's so deadly serious about it where it's like, he, I want to re- reenact it. Yeah. Mr. Nobody's got the glass. He's got the sunglasses on. He's like, <laughs> and they're looking at the screen, and he goes, <laughs> "Well, that's funny." And then you say, "Why? Why? Because that's here." <laughs> they look at the tracker thing or whatever. They spend this whole montage of Ramsey and they're hacking and Tej. Yeah, Tej and Ramsey are, are like hacking. They're having like hacking sex. You know what I mean? They're doing. <laughs> It's like Avatar with the tails, but it's the computer. Uh, and they look at the – it's like you don't see the screen, but then you zoom in on the screen, and it's just Ted just typing 696969 over and over. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole – it's like, oh, we got to track it. We got to re- re- eliminate all possibilities, find out where Ramsey is or whatever, or where um, Cypher, Cypher is. And then yeah. finally they get to the one dot, and they're like, oh, it looks like that, that one's staying there. And Kurt Russell's like, well, that's funny because that's here. And then they're going to be carnage. <laughs> and, then the whole, and then the whole place blows up. Um, yeah, and then yeah, Dom, Dom and Cypher. Cypher yeah. yeah, Dom and Cypher roll on in there. Um, and they're able to grab the EMP, right? Don't they grab it off? They basically just grab it off the table. Yeah, this is after, because everyone's stunned. It was a sonic blast. You know what I mean? So they're all like, they can't hear shit. Good visual effects, good sound effects for this yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of the things that I really enjoyed, which was uh, this is coming after Hobbs telling them the person that betrayed him and put him in prison is Dom and none of the crew believes him. Then this scene happens and Letty's like, you're going to turn your back on family. And then like Charlize just like grabs him and plants this like really weird kiss on his face. (laughs) It's like the Nickelodeon award for most awkward kiss ever because Mm -hmm. Dom is a tree trunk. He's literally just sitting there and his lips are going like this or whatever and Charlize is like she's given an Oscar <laughs> she's given an Oscar performance kiss right there and Dom yeah. Toretta's like <laughs> it's awful it's the worst on it, it, disp- debate me worst on screen kiss ever ooh uh last jedi oh that's a good point Rose yeah, and that's Finn. worse yeah, that's that absolutely worse yeah good point terrible good point this one at least has some you beat heat me. to it good job you know I mean? yeah you beat me it's got some tongue <laughs> Do you think he? Do you think he like fell in love with her right there for a minute, and then he came to her? He like knocked on her trailer with like a Corona and a rose Charlize. that night. <laughs> I love Mad Max. My world is fire. <laughs> you were great in that movie about the with the titties. You were great in it. <laughs> the titties in the water and the milk. I loved they call, it. They call me Maximum Joe or whatever that guy's name. Morton Joe. Joe. <laughs> They're my property. My God, yeah. yeah so. No, I don't think he fell in love with her. I think, cool. I definitely think him and Michelle Rodriguez have have they dated in the past. I think, right? They did date that's the past, only yeah. that's the only person I've seen him have actual heat with in any of these movies. Is Vin Diesel married? That's a great question. I'll look it up. You keep going. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next part is actually something that we do need to talk about, but I'll give the summary here. So they do the whole thing with the EMP, they get the location and it all blows up or whatever, but then they they you know, they the next whole scene, there might be something interstitial here, but basically the next scene is 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 Vin on the plane. Uh, and he gets called to like the room or whatever. It's like, I think Charlize says something on the intercom where she's like, oh, it's about time that we, you know, showed him what he's fighting for or something like that. And yeah. so they lead him to the cell or whatever. They turn on the lights and you see a fucking baby there. But why is this baby important? Spoilers. It's your baby. It's, Dom, it's Dom's baby. It's your baby. baby daddy. It's your baby. And it's not baby back ribs. You can't throw this on the girl. I oh, mean, I guess you could, but he sees the kid and he's like, mm. he's, like he's like, that will work great at the next barbecue. You, let me ask you this. Do you like the staging of this scene where it's like they're in a glass case of emotion? You know, what I, mean? I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have to have some sort of like protective barrier so that Dom can't like break Restrain it. Restrain him and then bring them in. I think it's more – I hate to use the term powerful – that <laughs> he's looking through something that he can't break because you joked about it earlier. But like he tries to gorilla punch the glass or whatever, and it's like you're not getting through that. Your kid is right there. Your your ex-lover is right there. This family that you could potentially have, happiness potentially, is there. But you can see it, but you can't do anything about it. And he has that great line later, which I actually really think is a great moment of acting from Vin where he's like – He's like, I heard my son cry and reach out for me, and I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, that's true. And I'm like, that, that's, I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. Well done. That's well done. He did. He did a good job on that part. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, don't, I think it's weird that they have the um, it's a glass where like it's got the shade built into the glass where like they press a button and then it becomes transparent. You know what I mean? Like, what is this? Like, it's well, you know what? Never mind. I take it back. They wanted to do a Bond villain. This is very much like a Bond villain thing. So, you know what? This scene slaps. I'm in. <laughs> okay, so here's a here's a question. You is this mentioned she the gives whole him the gun. No, that's later because it's after the kill. That's after the kill, Elena. Is it? I'm pretty sure because he's like, let's put some. Bait I think in. they Let... give him the gun now. Oh, don't really? they? Well, we'll see. after Let, they kill so, Elena, why wouldn't he shoot Charlize in the head? He's got nothing left to prove. The baby. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck, I forgot about the baby. <laughs> you forgot about the subplot. We don't We don't really know what happened in this movie, let's be honest. Okay, so there's a baby he's going to get back. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah, he finds himself reacquainted with his ex-lover, Elena Neves, who... Is that how you say her last name? Neves? Neves? Neves. Neves? I've never heard her. I've never seen her last name written out. They just call her Elena. Elena. Yeah, he's reacquainted with her ex his ex-lover Elena, whom Cypher has kept captive during this time, and is further shocked to discover a baby inside the cell. She reveals the child is their son, whose existence Dom was previously unaware of, whose birth was the result of an unintended pregnancy prior to Dom leaving her in order to rescue Letty. Uh, Elaine explained that she wanted him to decide the child's first name and that she had already given him his middle name, which is Marcos. 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 Which was her husband's name, right? Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So, Did you know that Vin Diesel's joining the Avatar franchise? Mm -hmm. On his Wikipedia, it says he's also joining the cast of James Cameron Avatar series. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, Vin Diesel's been in a non-marriage partner relationship with Paloma Jimenez, who is a Mexican supermodel. But before that, from 2001 to 2007, he dated his on-screen co-star, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, hold on a second. I gotta, we gotta, I gotta screen share this photo real quick. <laughs> Vinny. <laughs> Vinny. <laughs> he's, he looks like he's so we're looking at a photo of him and his partner um looks like he's had a couple you know what i mean <laughs> he looks like tommy boy in this photo <laughs> Richard, <laughs> uh, that I, I've seen that face before, and it was you on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is that face, <laughs> and she is not feeling happy to be there. I think. She's also beautiful, though. They have three kids together. Yeah, good for them. Bad suit, Vin. Uh, you're a good-looking guy. On that black suit on black me- on black. That suit makes you look like 300 pounds. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Okay. Vincenzo. That just made me laugh so hard seeing that photo on Google. Holy yeah, cow. that's funny. Okay. So here we go. We're going to start rolling through this bad boy. We got a couple paragraphs. So Cypher sends Dom to New York City to retrieve a nuclear football held by the Russian Minister of Defense, but Dom manages to evade her for a short time to make a deal with a mysterious woman. So we get this whole scene, right? Something's not right. Something's not right. They go, they send him down on the ground or whatever. He's able to kind of use the the moving truck or whatever and everything to kind of make it go down. And then we get the cameo appearance of Ms. Helen Mirren, the, the one and only Helen Mirren. Yeah. She's playing Mrs. Mama Shaw. Yeah. What did you think about her in this movie? Because I'm, I'm, I'll say spoiler, she does come back to the franchise. I like her. I mean, I like Helen Mirren and everything. I think she's great. I don't really think she's given a lot to do in this. I think her best scene is later on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just interesting because she wasn't part of the advertising for this movie, if I remember. So this was like a, a genuine like a nice surprise, surprise cameo. cameo. Yeah. And I couldn't remember. if you, Did you know that she was even in this franchise? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay, so cool. So I just, I, you know, I just watched the premiere of 1923, and I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Cypher facilitates Dom's theft of the nuclear football by hacking into all the autonomous cars. So, yeah. Um, this scene's awesome. This is awesome, yeah. I, I mean, we talked about this scene already, but this is the whole the whole thing with, um, like, zombie cars is what they call them in the in the movie which i think is hilarious um but it's such a cool looking scene man some of them have people in them don't they yeah and and so it's not zombies (laughs) not zombies but the but it's like you show these different you're seeing the interiors of these different cars and it's like it goes from smart cars to like old retro cars and all of them if they have any kind of chip in them are able of somehow they're able to fucking override these honda accords and and turn them into machines of mass destruction and let's talk about that you zach you're driving to work you're going to inago you're going to the office your car gets hacked by cypher out the window you're jumping out i'm jumping out (laughs) because (laughs) i'm tucking and rolling baby what if you're on the highway 
Tuck and roll, baby. Tuck and roll. You're going to die. You realize that, right? You're going to break every bone in your body. Think about it. But you're in that car. Like, there's that whole scene where there's just cars being dumped on cars. It's like, think about how much collateral damage there there is in this. Like, people gave shit to Batman and Superman, Batman v Superman for all the damage done to the city. This is like, this is like 9-11-2. Wow. 9-12. 9-12. Think about it. There's... (laughs) That's There's a bad like, joke. Cut that out. That's terrible. <laughs> Write the timestamp down. That's really bad. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm coming, Elizabeth. But think about it. Like, there's a thousand, a thousand, thousand cars in New York City that are driving through these streets. Pedestrians everywhere. Pedestrians everywhere. People. They're driving through cafes. They're okay, driving so through restaurants. Parked car. There's that one scene. It's played for laughs or whatever, where that businessman like walks into the parking garage and like he's like, he's like, and he like, and his car's like, and it goes out the window. And it's like <laughs> someone was in a car. Someone was in their car, yeah. and they just rolled that motherfucker off of a a 22 story building. Like, yeah. And they let Charlize live for all the war crimes that she's caused. Yep. They put bad her job by DSS. Yeah. Bad, bad job, job by Kurt Russell. Come on. So what are you doing? Yeah, this scene is cool, though. I mean, it's just really cool. Like, I really like all the different close-ups <laughs> of the cars. Everybody's in their cars. You see them start moving. Some people have the Zach Ratello approach here where they're just like, they're like, my car is being controlled by a demon. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. I'm you don't know what's going on. I'm, at- I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> Imagine you're in your car one day and you're pulling up to the office and it starts driving on its own. You would yeah. absolutely leave that vehicle. You are you you're telling me you would stay in the car? I think I'd call somebody. I'd be like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a couple minutes late to the meeting." <laughs> My car's driving me. Smart, like so. they do, you you join the the Zoom call or whatever. <laughs> it's like ah, it's like good morning team. How's everybody? <laughs> I'm driving through a forest. Uh, that's, that's too funny, man. Now, <laughs> we should say though that um, visual effects wise, you did bring up that they, that was a really cool stunt where they drive the cars out of the parking garage. You know, all practical stuff, which is really cool. But yeah. Yeah, mass mass destruction for sure. Yeah, really cool. And we have another one of my favorite shots, maybe top top five, top three favorite shots in the whole movie, is that the nuclear footballs in the in the transport vehicle, which is like supposed to be indestructible. That's the one they're dropping all the cars on. But basically, what they're doing is just stopping it. And then they bring in, uh, fucking Leatherface Dom, <laughs> which is one of my favorite shots. Is him with his mask on. Yeah. With this giant chainsaw. Giant chainsaw. And he stands on the top of the car, and then you get the scene where he like reached out and like he like knocks on the window. And he looks like, like crossbones. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was. I also said. I think said. I, as during our screening, I was. I was talking like, oh, he kind of remind. It's kind of like Winter Soldier vibes too. A little 100%, bit of that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's able to saw the car. He starts. Who the doing hell is Bucky? Who the hell? And then. Uh, the guy gets scared and then he takes off, rolls down the window instead of getting sliced in half, and he hands out the briefcase. He hands him the football. Why don't they crawl to the front seat? Well, I think at their in their opinion, it's just like, well, you cut one part of this vehicle off, the rest of it's coming down with it, you know. I'm just saying, you could stall. You could just crawl down on the floorboards, you know, just wait. But who a are they bit. stalling for? Who? Who's? That's no one's true. coming they're, to save they're these motherfuckers. They're Russian ambassadors in the U.S. No one's gonna help. Them yeah, out. no one's no one's helping these guys. 
So, yeah, Dom, you know, he takes the football, but the team intercepts Dom after he steals it. Uh, but Dom is able to escape. Uh, and then there's a there's a scene where he shoots Deckard, and you think he's dead. Did you think he was dead? No, absolutely not. Okay, because you knew Hobbs and Shaw was coming. Shaw was coming. <laughs> but you didn't know if it, I mean, it could be a prequel. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, they did the whole thing with Han. Um, but you immediately were like, oh, he's fine. Yeah, yeah, immediately. Okay. I was like, he's good. It was a blank. Especially because, you know, he met the mysterious woman. I was like, she's British. Maybe they know each other. What's going on here? But more importantly, um, you forgot the scene where all of the gang shoots their tow cables into his car. And they're, like, trying to hold him still. Yeah, sorry. And he, like, does all the cool spin maneuvers and is, like, throwing them all around. That scene's sick. It is cool. That is awesome. It is cool, and I'm pretty sure like this is one of those rare moments in in fast in the fast franchise where they really just let the diegetic sound like kind of work for their advantage because I don't it's think there's like any burning, music. It's happening. just like a bunch of burning rubber, yeah, and stuff. Burning like, rubber and the tow cables, like yeah. the sound of it hitting the metal and clamping on or whatever. But the fact that like Dom's able to get out of it, it's like the ultimate wrestler move. It's it's pretty cool. It reminds me of in uh, the Wolverine when they all shoot Logan yeah. with those yeah, arrows, yeah, 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 yeah. and he's just got like. Like yeah. 90 in the yeah. I watched Logan on the plane the other day. Good flick. Good of course flick. you did. Did you just cry on your Frontier flight? Oh, it was great. <laughs> American Airlines flight. I was like, I'm so excited to see him in Deadpool 3. No, I'm not. I'm even more mad now that I rewatched it recently. That movie's perfect. Um, yeah, so Letty catches up to Dom, but is ambushed and nearly killed by Connor Rhodes, who is Cypher's right-hand man. I don't think I knew his name was Connor up until now. Uh, Connor, but before Connor, a friend. Yeah, shout-out to Connor. Uh, before Dom rescues her, uh, outraged with his choice to spare Letty, Cypher has Dom witness Rhodes executing Elena in front of him. So he lets Tough. he lets Elena go, and then we get this scene, which is actually a really – it's a really brutal fucking murder. It's an execu- – it's gross. It's an execution. It's It's fucked up. Yeah, and I mean they don't show it, uh, but they get as as close as you can without getting an R rating. <laughs> I think. I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal, and uh, I want to know what your feelings are about like the death of Elena because this is one of those interesting things. It's like bullets are pretty final, right? A bullet to the head is pretty final. We had it some though? deaths. Letty got shot in the head and she's alive. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious if they brought Elena back to life <laughs> in Fast Ten. I'm just saying, I mean, people have been coming back from worse in this franchise. I do think this is one of those like let's write the character out in like an emotional way. That's so. what I think too. I don't. I don't think. This but is I, like I a, you know, I don't think it's poorly acted by anybody. I think it's it's no. treated really well. It's very tense. It's, it's dark, and it. If anything, it demeans the franchise that they continue to allow Charlize to come back because she cold blooded murdered somebody <laughs> who who then made a a child a half orphan essentially. Someone said once I I don't remember if this is on a podcast or if I saw I saw this on Reddit like back when but someone was like they're like oh my god if Charlene gets invited to the if Charlize gets invited to the barbecue like I'm gonna riot or something like that yeah. and I'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah crazy so okay so uh, the next sentence is Dom is deployed to Russia and I absolutely loved it that's what how this <laughs> paragraph starts. Uh, he's deployed to Russia to use the EMP device to disable the nuclear submarine, uh, enabling Cypher to hijack it and attempt to use its arsenal to trigger a nuclear war. So she can hold people ransom, right? Yeah. And there in here in money, money, money. Yeah. And in this sentence, it precisely is exactly why the threat in the bad guy in this movie is just not very good. 
it's like it's a bond movie it's like i'm gonna hold the world for ransom and it's like how's that gonna go for you yeah you know how's that gonna work out they all think it's gonna work no mr dom i expect you to die (laughs) i thought christmas only came once a year (laughs) um yeah but they're once again intercepted by the team uh, provided with modified vehicles by Mr. Nobody. Uh, we forgot to mention, this is an interesting flick too because there's not a whole lot of the... I think this is another reason why I think this movie suffers a little bit is that we've grown accustomed to the team dynamic and there's not much of the team working together in this movie. No, it's mostly them talking about like which car they want to take out of the toy shop and like making fun of Scott Eastwood and... You know, uh, Roman trying to flirt with Ramsey, even though she's clearly not interested, which, by the way, the joke at the end of this movie is great. It is great. It's yeah. hilarious. But what I'll say is that, like, I think that the writers, they had a bunch of really funny jokes and they let they let Hobbs and Shaw have them. And then the the scraps they gave to Tej and Roman, because I don't think that they're very good in this movie. Like, I think it's not that this their might, best effort. It's not it's their, not best, their best. Yeah. Which is why Roman or Tyrese Gibson was so mad that there's a spinoff movie that he's not in. Remember that? Remember when he was like crying and like, I've given everything in this franchise. <laughs> like, One day we're going to get the Roman and Tej spinoff and I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great. It's like them running like a nightclub in Miami. I hope so. I hope it's like it's literally yeah. just bad boys, but it's Roman and Tej. Ooh, that's bad boys. That bad boys. What you gonna do? Can they cross over with the bad boys? That'd be cool. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Good my shit. nice name. That's right. Oh God. <laughs> um. Yeah. Meanwhile, Deckard, who had faked his death. <laughs> Was extracted. (laughs) We've left out like so much of the initial, like the plan to infiltrate everybody and they're all cold and Roman's talking about shrinkage and. Oh, that's here. That's here too. That's all here. And then like, this is like the rock and Michelle or Michelle Rodriguez and them breaking into the nuclear silo. Like that's all here. Cause they're all trying to stop the sub from launching. It's great. And then, yeah, Dom's I guess you're right. Held, yeah. I guess Dom's they just being missed... held like hostage from that Rhodes guy. Who's like, don't drive your car. I'm going to snipe your friends as they escape. Like that's all around here. Meanwhile, it's intercut with one of the best scenes of the movie, which is yes, that Decker is still alive. So go ahead and speak on it. Okay. Gotcha. No, yeah, so all I'm missing then is, like, I mean, if there's anything you want to specifically bring in there, I mean, there's the infiltration of the sub and the Russian base. Or yeah. I don't know if there's anything specifically here you want to talk about. but I like, the, yeah. I like every Michelle Rodriguez fist fight in this yeah. franchise. I think she's great stunt. She's really good at pulling off her own stunts. And there's this great moment where she's, like, fighting this big dude and, like, Ramsey's trying to hack into something. She's like, please tell me you're done. And she's, like, getting, like, thrown around and stuff like that. It's just, it's yeah. good. It's they, they're great action actors. This is why yeah. I'm going to go see Dungeons and Dragons this year. It's got her and my guy, Chris Pine. Michelle Shut Rodriguez up. is in Dungeons and Dragons? Fuck yeah, baby. Let's go. I'm in. What if it's a backdoor? Vin Diesel loves Dungeons and Dragons. What if it's like secretly a Fast and Furious? He's the dragon. <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be awesome. 
Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I like the infiltration sequence. It's really, really cool. I mean, like, here's the here's the thing I want to ask is like, how did you like the setting of like? I mean, you already said at the beginning it reminds you of a Bond movie, but like the setting of like the ice cold tundra, the Russia it. base. It's, it's it, it is pretty see, cool. We always see these motherfuckers like hanging out on beaches and stuff. It was cool to see a change of pace for once. Yeah, and I like they that they all make got to wear their, to like, it. They all got to wear like their Giorgio Armani coats and stuff. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Vin Diesel's just rocking the Under Armour ski suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're all they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing. This isn't quite to the moment where they're like chasing the cars on the the ice Correct. yet, right? Yeah, We're not yeah, quite there. The okay, so then yeah, well let's talk about it. The best scene in this whole fucking movie, in my humble opinion, is. Uh, the Shaw brothers, they're fucking back to life. We, <laughs> uh, uh, fucking Luke Evans looks like he just got some like minor scarring on his face or whatever. He's but fresh he's... off of Beauty and the Beast. He's looking good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the timeline for that too? He was comatose sure. in a hospital like a, like a year ago. He looks good. <laughs> <laughs> like a year ago. If yeah. You're following the baby timeline. <laughs> it's like only a year that he was in the hospital where he was like no functioning and he had a breathing tube. <laughs> but hey, you know, that's life. <laughs> yeah. Deckard went in there and just like took the tube and like yanked it out and he was like, he's like time to go to work. This fine. <laughs> pulls it out of his body. Get that catheter out of his cock. Yeah. Um, so. No, this, this scene's great. He's infiltrating the plane to get the sun so that Vin can actually be set free from his burdens yep they can That'd let vin awesome. out of the cage let the let the tiger out of the cage and but what do they need to do to do that they need to fucking free this baby so it's great um, it's really cool it's like uh it's such a <laughs> unique action sequence where it's like one of our greatest action stars of the 2000s is like fighting one-handed because he's carrying a baby carrier you know what i mean it's awesome and it's i so love cool. it because he's like he's like He's like, all right, this is going to be a little loud. And he puts the headphones on the kid and it's the chipmunks <laughs> or whatever. And the kid's just like, ah. And he's like talking to the baby. I love all the, the close-up fisheye lenses while he's talking to the baby. It's yeah. good filmmaking by by Gray on this. I think it's really funny. Great comedy, good action. It's like good like John Wick type action too where he's just like capping people. Also, uh, this, is a, this is a movie. Yeah. This is a movie right here. Is Jason Statham has to have a carry a baby, yes. but fight off like it's like John Wick, but a baby it, exactly. with a baby. It's like exactly. yeah. it's it's it is genius. Like I, this whole scene is so funny. The way that they utilize the baby carriage, you're always and it's tense too. Like it's funny while being tense because you're always like looking. You're like, where the fuck the is that baby when carriage? When people are like going for the baby, yeah. he's like sliding it with his foot and stuff. It's hilarious. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. And um. He, at like the at one point he's about to like murk some dude and he turns the carriage around he's like you're not gonna want to see this and he turns the baby <laughs> carriage and then you just get a close up on the baby he's like ah <laughs> all right I so swear to God dude every time they cut to that baby I just laugh it's it's so funny what's a better use of a baby Jason Statham carrying a baby fighting on a plane or Carlos the baby jerking his dick at the table <laughs> <sighs> two different flicks man two different not flicks, at the table Carlos. Sense. He's jacking his little weenus. <laughs> I thought it looked like a Carlos. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, no, that, that's this scene's awesome. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's an excellent use of like it's just a funny premise. Like that that's totally one of those things you see in a writer's room and they're like, all right, what if Jason Statham has to get this baby out of here but fight some people? How do we do that? And the way that they did it, I thought was really, really well done. So 
Yeah, 100%. And wasn't the deal was that uh, Vin uh, met with their mom in New York and was like, I can help you locate Owen, who is currently being held prisoner because he's, you know, failed a mission for Cypher. I can get you your son back if you your sons can help me get this baby back. Yeah, it was basically something like that. It was like, it was like a trade. I know where one person is, so they, I know where the trade is. Or they whatever, traded but. Owen's life for a baby. <laughs> yep, they sure did. And then uh, another cool thing, too, is that we find out that the cross was actually, his cross necklace was the tracking device, which is funny. Yeah. The little, he's the like, Jesus heart was like, beep, 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 He's beep, like beep. Batman. He's like planning tracking yeah. devices and stuff. <laughs> I like that crosses are like Dom's batarang. Like he's just throwing the crucifix at people. <laughs> what do you think Dom, Dom's like, he's about to go see the baby, right? And he wants to plant the tracking device. You think he's like in the bathroom of the plane and he's like, he's like putting it in his like, he's, he's like, fucking hey, I'm on the shit. Like I got them on this one. <laughs> I think he totally thought he was the fucking man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, this Whether is you plan awesome. it on a shirt or a cross, tracking's tracking. <laughs> what a oh guy. God. But yeah. anyway, yeah, so so um Deckard gets the baby back, which then once he radios Dom that he's got him, Dom just like absolutely ends Tormund's life. Yep. Makes him miss the sniping shot. He was about to take out Letty, and then uh and then he fucking pones this dude. He just absolutely wrecks the shop. And it's a cool moment, too, because isn't he still on the phone with Cypher or something like that? And she's like, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you going? And he's like, you don't own me anymore, bitch, or something like that. He <laughs> says something like that. <laughs> he says something like that. And then, yeah, like Tor- yeah, Tormund turns around. And he's like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Or something. He says something you like that. You made me miss my shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then he just bodies this dude. And it is it is literally one of the most, like, it, it's not, like, gory or bloody or anything, but it's just a fucking really awful death. Yeah, for that guy. <laughs> He's like, oh. He just what's gets. Worse, what's the worst way to go? That guy getting choked out in Russia. Or fast and furious one dom tells the story of the time he beat that guy with the wrench so bad that he has to ride the bus to <laughs> i forgot about that probably the wrench guy because that guy's because <laughs> that, guy's that guy's alive, alive. <laughs> it's a miserable existence god damn dominic toretto's he, he, he's a mass criminal i get yeah. it now that guy from the first ones, he's eating from a tube he can't pee by himself but like dom walks into his hospital like give him flowers or everything goes like it's like shaking the hospital bed maybe that's what fast 10 is about is everyone bands together and they're like we're gonna get rid of this guy he's a problem (laughs) he talks about family so much but he he literally makes people widows all the time (laughs) oh it's he talks about his family anybody else doesn't matter it's all about ride or die okay good point Family is family is, you know, your family. It's not the general family. Sure. Can we talk about the sub? Sure. Yeah. Tell me about. Tell me your thoughts on the sub. So the all the cars are driving on the ice, right? And <laughs> Roman is like his car is like slipping around because he took the Lambo or whatever, and it's like doesn't have traction on the tires. Falls out of his car. He's like riding on the door. Ice starts to crack as the sub's coming out. He goes under. But they're still pulling him in like, I don't know, 38 degree water. It's cold. Absolutely. He comes out and he's just like, (laughs) and he's like shaking it off. (laughs) 
He's and like, oh, that shit's like, cold. And, and like, Tesh is like, you sure you want to take dead. the Lambo? And he's like, shut up, Tesh. And I'm just like, if I, one of my greatest fears in life, Zachary, is to fall under ice into the water and not be able to get back out. Or to fall under the ice and there's like a fucking orca down there that's just like, wait, <laughs> just like, eat me. <laughs> Shamu is just like, oh, a snack. Um, <laughs> I think Roman played it off really coolly. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man. I mean, considering he's, he's cool the, as a cucumber for a guy yeah. who is afraid to fall out of a plane, he goes underwater and back out pretty easily. Yeah, no, considering the life or death implications here, like, yeah, he gets out of there. His his dick is inside of his body at this point. He's his toes are purple, his fingers. He can't feel anything. And he's still <laughs> running and hanging out. Um, what they didn't show is that they had to break off each of his appendages and put on robo arms after this, I think is probably what happened because he's so fucked up. Um, Oh God. You remember in family guy, um, when they did the empire strikes back where he gets the new hand and he's like, is it work? Like, it's it's just like like my old hand. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but practice on a hot dog first. Otherwise (laughs) you might rip your dick off. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that. (laughs) Uh, anyway the the um the sub coming out of the the ice is really cool obviously i'm always a big fan of submarines i love submarine movies i don't know if you knew that about me but i'm a big sub guy not a sub but um but uh you know (laughs) (laughs) wow the witty joke of the (laughs) evening goes to you my friend that was great Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's gonna get us that's gonna get us our Emmy. That is too fucking funny, man. Holy shit. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's funny that they're driving every vehicle in the franchise. That's all I that's all I was trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Now they need to drive a train. They haven't driven a train yet. They've been on a train, but they haven't driven on a train. They they need to drive a space shuttle. Dom hasn't flown a plane yet. Yeah, a plane would be cool. Like a roller coaster. Dom's like on the fucking Millennium (laughs) Force. (laughs) And he hits the Nas on the coaster or whatever, and it just (laughs) goes right off the tracks. And he's like, roller coasters don't fly, Dom. Roller coasters don't fly. It jumps from one track to the other. Dude, you just wrote. You just wrote. Don't copyright that because that is absolutely in fast ten. <laughs> Chris Morgan, call me. I got ideas. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're here. We're 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 closing this bitch out. We're almost to the end. Uh, he kills Rhodes, avenging Elena's death, rejoining his team. Uh, Cypher launches the infrared homing missile at Dom, but he breaks away from the team and maneuvers around it, which is another cool scene, too. He, he like, breaks off from the team or whatever, but then he jumps the sub in and order for the, the heat-seeking yeah. missile to hit the sub, which is a cool, it's a, it's a cool moment. And it also harkens back to the first one, right, jumping the train. So I love that. Yeah, they jump a train in Logan, too. That's a great idea. If I'm ever getting chased, I'm going to go to the nearest rail yard and just hope Good that luck. there's a train going by. <laughs> the the neighborhood cops are like what's that guy doing there he's like oh he's just waiting for the train there and you're sitting on the other side of the thing and you're like i'm gonna jump this fucker i'm like hey cops want to see a donut and i just (laughs) (laughs) hey piggy 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 (laughs) and then you just jump over the track 
if you're aching for, for some bacon, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he obliter- instantly obliterates it. Uh, the team quickly forms a vehicular blockade around Dom, which is Word, another I one of those. I would hear, yeah. Another one of those things too. It's like I don't think that would work. I think if you, <laughs> you, you, you just you just destroyed a sub carrying nukes. I don't think that cars are gonna stop that. I think he would have stood up and would have been like a jelly person or whatever. And he's like his skin's like melting off and shit. But it's like the cars prevented the fire from hitting him. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, elsewhere, after finding herself confronted by Deckard at gunpoint, uh, Cypher escapes by parachuting out of the plane while Deckard manages to rescue Dom's son just in time. He was um, one of my biggest disappointments. I was really hoping he'd kill her. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, end it. Finish it. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> yeah, so Cypher escapes. Uh, we don't see where exactly she goes. Uh, but he gets Dom's son. So then we get the pro, the epilogue basically here. We get the, the rooftop scene. Sorry, street racers driving by here. Sorry about that. Goddamn street racers. Wait, <laughs> they're on like they're on the top of like a New York apartment. Why are they in New York City again? Is that where Mr. Nobody's base is? I think so because from earlier. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah, that's like the whole that's like the whole thing is like the last shot of this movie is the New York skyline. But they whose were house chased. is this? Who cares? It's it's uh. You know, this is like this is Ross and Rachel's house. It's like a friend's connection. If I had to bet, how cool would it be if it was like Jerry Seinfeld's apartment, and then like the scene cuts and it's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> what's the deal with babies? Are they yours? Are they someone else's? What am I gonna do with all these street racers? <laughs> what's the deal with Letty? <laughs> Does she remember me? Does she not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Mr. Nobody show? and little Mr. Nobody and little Nobody visit Dom and his team in New York City <laughs> to report that Cipher is still at large. Uh, Hobbs is offered a job at his, uh, his DS, DSS job back. However, he declines and he says he wants to spend time with his daughter, which his daughter is there too in this scene, which is hilarious. She's just like hanging out with street racers and, stuff, and like criminals. So Again, she's because like, they didn't shoot this scene together, so The Rock needed a scene partner as they splice him in. Yeah. Good point. 100% uh, what happened. And then Deckard shows up to the barbecue. Deckard arrives to return Dom's son, uh, putting his differences aside with Dom and Hobbs in the process, and is, is, according to the Wikipedia, accepted into the family. Do you think that, though? He killed Han. He, he did kill Han. <laughs> so, he killed Han. <laughs> and, killed Owen, Han. and Owen killed Giselle. <laughs> yeah, so... We got problems here. This is this, this is, is one a of those... fucked up friend group, man. Like, can you imagine their group me? It's called like the fam, right? And they're just like <laughs> they're just like talking and stuff like that and trying to make like, plans. Yo, if you say one like, more like, thing about groups. how Letty's death was or <laughs> whatever, it's like we're gonna ban you. We're gonna perma ban you from the from the fam chat or whatever. So, who do you think the moderator of their group me is? Oh, it's gotta be Tej. No, Tez is too chaotic too. I would I would probably say like Roman is probably or not not Roman. Um, Ramsey is probably the the Ramsey. mod. Nice. She's she's pretty cool. She's cool headed. Nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, Bob's so we're in here. charge, just like talking shit in there, and everyone's like, guys, get a room, and then they make their own chat. They make their own chat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we're here. Uh, we're at the barbecue. It's 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 tradition at this point to end the movie at the barbecue. Do you have gotcha. any big thoughts on this before we get to the the stinger of the movie, which you didn't see coming? 
I didn't see coming. I have some thoughts. Hit me. Let's talk about what they accomplished in this movie. <laughs> the only thing they accomplished was that Dom got his baby. Dom gets Dom, Dom gets his baby. They prevented nuclear holocaust. I guess you holocaust. could say, sure, they prevented that. Yeah, that's a good point. He prevented that. <laughs> the team, the only people that did anything in this movie are Dom and Deckard Shaw. <laughs> Everybody else was just like fucking around. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah, you could probably break apart my argument pretty easily. But like, think about it. Like, they didn't catch Cipher. Elena died. You know what I mean? It's just like. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. They their killed happiest a lot barbecue. of people in Russia. Like that's a that's definitely an an international incident. I mean, we've seen sure. Top Gun Maverick, so we know how that's yeah. going. Imagine if you saw like Rooster and fucking Maverick flying over the bay, and there is like he's like, he's Tom, like, what think. is that down there? <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, um, continue with your barbecue. Well, the last thing here is that um, you know. The the t- everyone gathers around. He convinces them to stay for dinner. Everyone's sitting down at the table, and then Dom he's like, "I think he, the, you know proper introductions are in order." And uh, Dom has his his little baby. He's holding up to this the Simba he's holding style. up like Simba. Yeah. And then he walks over to the table, and he's like, "Everybody, I'd like I'd like you to introduce uh, Brian." Brian didn't see it coming. Should have seen it coming, but I didn't. <laughs> That was that, and that takes the cake for my favorite part of the whole movie. Was that when he said that, and I looked over and you were like, didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, cool. Can and we talk about his name though? Brian, Brian Marcos. Marcos. Brian Marcos Toretto. That's pretty sick. It's pretty cool. B Marcos. B Marcos. Yeah. BMT. Barcos Toretto. Marcos. Nice. Wow, what a flick. Nice job, Zach. You did it. Thanks. Yeah, you sorry that... Fate of the Furious. Yeah, sorry that it wasn't my typical script. I know that people like that. I know that we've had our, our, a great share of comedy from that, but I think we had That's a good okay. time kind of piecing it together we'll from back. the wiki. We'll get so. back on track with the next ones. I think yeah, this was sure. perfectly fine. Um, let's talk about our favorite scene. So here's the thing. I'm going to challenge ourselves. Favorite scene that's not the baby scene because that's too easy. Okay. That's the best scene that's in fine. the movie, hands down. So what's your favorite scene that's not the baby scene? I will go first. Okay. The more I think about it, the more I really like the um, all the cars have Dom cabled in. And he's mm. he busts out and it's just like showing them essentially, you know, that like no matter what, he's still the leader of the crew. He's still the alpha. Yeah, as they say in Furious Seven. So yeah. that probably be mine. I also think it's staged really well. The camera moves really well too, especially like the ones that are like like mounted onto the tire wheels and stuff too. You could see them all trying different angles and stuff like that. It's just it's a good put together action scene. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I would I would say that I mean if I could just generally say the whole zombie car sequence, I think that that is just my favorite part of the movie. I think that it's the most engaging action sequence. It's just really cool visual, really great action. Uh, if I can include that in there, like the whole tow car cable scene, I would probably say that that's the best part of the movie. So sure. we might have a okay. tie. Uh, who won or lost the movie? This is an interesting one. Um, this is an interesting one. I'm mm, I'm tempted to go Vin here. Okay, give me your why here. I think I think you hit it. On, you hit the nail on the head earlier. It's one of the best. It's the best he's been since the first movie in terms of like a performance, but it also shows 
that he can still carry on the franchise without Paul Walker, which obviously isn't what we want. But like, given what he has to work with, I think he's able to put some stuff together that's really interesting, despite his on-screen partner for majority of the movie, which is Charlize. Runner-up would probably, for me, be uh, Statham. Yeah, my answer is is Hobbs and Shaw because not just this the, movie the tandem that, just that duo. The, yeah. the duo because like they spawned their own movie after this. That movie ended up making money. Uh, there's yeah. probably a chance that it will make a sequel. Um, it cemented those characters as two of the most. I mean, they're the first characters in the whole Fast and Furious movie to get a spinoff. I know that for years that they've been talking about doing like the women in Fast and Furious spinoff, like Ramsey, just uh, Ramsey, Giselle. Uh, elena and letty and have it be like a prequel thing like something that takes place between i think six and seven mm, um or five and six or something like that. that movie that sounds fun it's been in development hell for years but hobbs and shaw was the only one that got it off the ground and actually made it and so i think that this movie was the proving ground for that uh i don't think you get hobbs and shaw and the eventual sequel without this movie so could we say I, that tokyo drift is technically a spinoff no i think it's canon Okay. Story. Because then I want I want a Han spinoff if I'm gonna get it. A Han and Giselle movie would be great. So awesome. They're just like they're just like fucking in like Tokyo. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) so awesome. That'd be so awesome. It's like lost in translation, but it's just oh yeah, Giselle. So sick, dude. Let's go. Yeah, it'd be great. (laughs) I'm down. I'm down with that. They're just dealing with the yakuza again. That'd be dope. Fucking a. Uh, I think we both know who lost the movie, which is uh. Academy Award winner Charlize Theron. Listen, well, the dreadlocks is a bad look. It's a bad and look, but but she got paid and she comes back. So, good point. Should we say Elena Elsa Pataki then? She's out of the franchise. She is one so of the now? people that does get permanently kind of axed from the franchise unless yeah. she is able to come back from the dead with a bullet got, in the brain. She got Giselle'd hard. She got Giselle'd, but um, Giselle could come back. Like she just fell off a fucking plane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's natural. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this right. is a tough one. I mean, maybe this is a, this is because a, a lot of the times I feel like we pick a loser and we're like, ooh, well, we really ooh, wanted wait. to like it. I know who it is. It's okay. one Mr. Scott Eastwood. That's what I was exact. That you fucking you sorry. just butted you mean, butted I, right in there, I'm and so I was sorry. exactly where I was gonna go. <laughs> That was what I was going to say is that a lot of the times we pick a loser where it's like, oh, we wanted to like them or it was something that there was potential. But I think the loser loser of this is Scott Eastwood because like he's a character that no one really Scotty likes. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> Scotty can act. Scotty can act. Yeah. Scotty's not Brian. <laughs> no matter how he tries. <laughs> so I think that that's the answer for me is the losers is Scott Eastwood. He's just a, he's a no he's a, a character with no charisma. No screen presence that no one liked that does not come back in the franchise. So that's my answer. Cool. Sounds good. All right. <clears throat> it's the time. It's the moment we've been waiting for. It's the it's the the piece de resistance, if you will. It's time to rate this bad boy, and then we're going to put it in our rankings. Let's rank uh, it. Let's rank it second. Let's start with ratings. No, let's so, rate it first. <laughs> <laughs> just Sorry. to give everybody a rehash. So – We'll do the rehash for the rankings. I would say a majority of these movies, the highest it's gotten is an eight five, and that's from Zach. Zach gave it. Zach gave Fury, uh, Fast and Furious six an eight five. The lowest we have for rankings is a four, which is Fast two. So here's the question: 
is this movie better than Fast Ampersand Furious? Because I think I so. think I don't think so. Oh, Fast Four. I think Fast Four is still better because it has Brian and Mia, and it's got that scene where Dom's looking at Letty's grave from like really far away, <laughs> and it's got our guy Braga. That's that movie's sick. <laughs> Uh, movie has, that movie, I feel like, has more like heart and steak in it. You know what I mean? Like actual steak. Like they're eating steaks in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're great cold open where Dom drives under the exploding gas tanker. You know what I mean? Where she's like, Dom, Dom, Dom. And he like fucking guns it, you know, when they're stealing the gas at the beginning. Huh. Amperstand's dope. <laughs> Hamper stands dope. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my brain but that's is just my, absolutely so that's going just, into like convulsions trying no, to. No, you're good. But in terms of in terms ratings. of rating it, I'm gonna give Fate probably the same thing I gave Amper Stand, which is a six point five. I don't think it's as bad as a six. I would probably agree with the critic score, which is around a sixty-five, sixty-seven. So. Yeah, I'd give this movie a solid seven. Seven, got it. I think. It's it's better. I personally think it's better. Um, oh Jesus. Um, it's better than two though, right? It's better than two. I mean, okay. we'll get to the rankings here in a sec, but like, man. Do you, wait, 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 wait. Do you like it more than Tokyo Drift? That's the problem. What? No, no, no. We're ending the pod. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> There's no way. This is my dilemma here because. Um, this movie is really entertaining, and Tokyo Drift is really, really nostalgic for me. Tokyo Drift um, is entertaining. He calls him Twinkie. That's amazing. But you the gotta song. watch. Bam, but, bam, 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 but you gotta watch close to two hours of Lucas Black and be the lead actor in a movie. He's not that. He's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. I didn't have to put ketchup on it. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like watching, it's like watching Forrest Gump's son go to Tokyo. It's amazing. Yeah, that's not what you want <laughs> to say about a major motion picture. I mean, Tokyo Drift is Forrest like Gump is a national treasure. So I, I love Tokyo Drift the way that I like Spider-Man Three. Okay, like a lot, <laughs> like a lot. But I think that Fate of the Furious might be how I like uh, Homecoming. What? Where it's like really. You know, like it that much. Okay, so that might be a bad comparison. Uh, far this from movie's home. way far too from long. Home. Tokyo from Drift is home. like a quick hour, forty minutes. It's a nice in and out. I'll get. I'll tell you That's what. The we problem. could put. We could put it over Amberstand, but if if you want to, the real debate now is is whether we should put it above Drift because I don't know if I can. I mean, I I would absolutely concede that because I I think that here's the thing is that like Tokyo Drift is at least it, the one thing that it has going for it that's better than Fate of the Furious is that it's Han. it's quicker and it's Han. It's got Han. Han. It's, it's the most Han. Han in any of the movies. It's got Han and it's a respectable runtime. Our boy DK. Yeah. The problem with Fate of the Furious is that it's too long and the plot is just is nonsense. Like there's some great stuff in it, but you really have to just like get past all the things with your eyes glazing over with how stupid the villain is and the plot of like the the EMP and God's eye. At least Tokyo Drift is a straightforward 
there's like a little bit of romance, a little bit of action, a little bit of like coming of age, a little bit of this. So it's more palatable, I think, to anybody as well. Yeah, I'm totally fine with putting this at the new number, the new number uh, six. Six. Um, And I think that that's where it stands. I I would personally like I'd be curious to see what our personal lists of the rankings end up being. Well, here's the thing is after we finish nine in anticipation of ten. I have a I have a fun bonus pod plan where we get to do our personal lists as cool. well as maybe a um maybe a character draft which would be kind of fun Ooh. you know what I mean yeah you like that build you build like, the better build the better team to rob the, Rio de Janeiro yeah something like I'm that into we'll it. do we'll do like a fun bonus pod there that is yeah, I'm into it. but we could just talk about the characters um but piggybacking off of that do you think you like this more than the first Fast and the Furious? Personally, for you, it's tough. There's I no think tuna that, melts in this movie. There's no tuna melts. Uh, I, but they, <laughs> he didn't melt a tuna in the in re, in Havana with that That's car. Did you so. see that TikTok I sent you and Cal, where it's the guy where it's like when I changed the oil and or when I changed the the breaker the windshield wiper fluid in my car, and it's him walking in front of the poster of Fast and Furious. Did no. you not see that? I don't I'm think I saw this. this one. Let me find this real quick. You keep vamping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was just gonna say, like, this is an interesting. This is an interesting thing because I think Fate of the Furious is just. I mean, it's a more modern movie, right? I have a lot of nostalgia for Fast One and for Tokyo Drift. Fate of the Furious is just, you know, <laughs> this shit's awesome. Okay, I can't wait to see it. There's a lot of. It, the caption is when I changed the blinker fluid myself, and it's him hanging out with the crew. <laughs> still a bust (laughs) so i don't know i i like i said i think that i'm totally fine in the spot that it is i think we 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 ranked it right i think it for me personally i think it's rated right i just think that um it's it's weird it's like maybe i would watch this again just and again like i said at the beginning it's a scene skip movie like there are certain scenes in this movie that i think are better than anything in fast one or tokyo drift certain action sequences or character like funny bits of dialogue like the whole prison break scene or anything with hobbs and shaw the baby scene at the end there's so much in this movie that i think is some of the best fast and furious it's just bogged down by a bad villain a bad plot and some questionable character stuff yeah so it's That's tough thing. it's yeah. really tough i mean i'm perfectly fine with it sitting at six i understand why why you might prefer it to fast amper stand furious that's one of my favorite pods that we've ever done just yeah, so yeah, i yeah. might have a little rose colored glasses for that one but in terms of like tokyo drift i'd be curious to see how hobbs and shaw goes it because i really enjoyed those scenes in this movie it, it might have a a way of contending its way into the middle of the pack here for some of these movies, unless it's like an absolute dumpster fire, in which case we'll find out. I but know exactly where that's going to go. I'm Tokyo just Drift it. was the movie that I watched the most in 2022. Have I talked, have we talked about this? I think I watched that movie like eight times. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, it, yeah, it's from, it's exactly like Spider-Man three. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, so our current rankings, Furious seven, Fast and Furious 6, Fast 5, The Fast and the Furious, that's the first movie. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Fate of the Furious, Fast Ampersand Furious, that's the fourth movie. And In Dead Last, From Now Until Eternity, Too Fast, Too Furious. You okay? 
Yeah, I, I thought I, I, sorry, I'm putting my headphones down for one second because I thought it sounded like someone opened my door. Hold on a second. Vamp, oh, vamp. Well, now I'm scared. Well, Zach's going to go see if he has a um, home invader or something. But, uh, yeah, he's just checking it out. Nothing? He's just looking for ghosts. But Everything's fine. No, no intruders. I am afraid. No ghost. Zach, I had a question for you. Makes me feel good. Yeah. You want to? You and me this summer. We should fix up an old car in a garage. That'd be awesome. Well, that'd be great. We can fix up your car. Just like you and me with that accord, <laughs> just drinking well, Coronas. I think we gotta Wearing get in white touch with Peters with like uh, yeah. with like mechanic towels. We gotta get in touch <clears> with <throat> great one Grayson Rusher because he fixes up a motorcycle. So if he can invite us over and we can like change, it, like put some air in his tires or whatever, and then it's like <laughs> part of the family. <laughs> Grayson, to me, if he was in the crew, hmm, I think Grayson, I think Grayson might be like, uh, he might be, he might be cool enough to be Han, if I'm being honest. He could be Han. He's either Han or he's like, he's like Jesse from the first (laughs) movie. Jesus. I was going to give him the Ramsey award. Jesus Christ. For, for most smackable ass. You know what I, mean? I think I would be Vince. <laughs> I think you would be Vince. Just a cannonball and then you get shot. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like hanging out of a semi truck with my arm getting cut off. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Well, good pod, man. That was that was a fun time. Um, What's on the docket? Well, next time we do one of these, we're going to be watching Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, which is from 2019, I believe. Or was it? Yeah, 2019. Um, So hopefully we get to working on that soon. But we also got Radio Vision coming down the pipe. And hopefully next week, Zach and I can get together with enough news accumulating to Mm -hmm. talk about both any news that came in as well as review the first two episodes of HBO's The Last of Us, which I know you've been looking forward to a lot. Yeah. So if you like the show and you're interested in any of those things, just definitely check us out at Radiovania.com. Follow us on the socials. That's Radiovania Show on Instagram, Radiovania on Twitter. And then if you want to send us any things your way of what you would like to hear in this new year, send it to Radiovisionshow at gmail.com or Radiovaniashow at gmail.com. We got two. Two Gmails. I got two Gmail. <laughs> two of these two of these yeah but zach i'm excited to to keep this great this is fun i remember how fun it was to talk about these movies i'm bummed that we took such a long hiatus i'd love to do hobbs and shaw hobbs and shaw soon so we can keep going on that and i'm 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 curious to see nine because isn't that justin lynn you directed that one yep justin lynn's return to the franchise with nine before his departure again um i'm excited that's the john cena one right yes john cena is in nine that's gonna be a hell of a podcast i can't wait <laughs> for you to watch nine um I'm holy sure cow i can't sure wait for you to watch it. it 
Yeah. yeah so we, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming down the pipeline. Hopefully, it is not that long before our next run around on these bad boys. Fast but, uh, Fast Ten's trailer comes out soon this year. That's too, right. Right. It's a couple months away. They keep teasing when the trailer drops. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that coincides with maybe that bonus pod that we do and we can talk about predictions for 10 and the trailer and stuff. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, and then, yeah. And then it's probably, I'm imagining fast 10 comes out summer at 24 would be my best guess. So I think they're still targeting fall of this year. No shit. Well then, uh, we will be continuous continuing this pod for almost two years, <laughs> but Hey, Fucking a, baby. wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and we'll see if we'll see if 10 is going to be the last one. We'll see. This pod will go on for eternity, and they'll tap in Tony Toretto to take over the franchise. (laughs) I didn't hear no bell. Oh, my God. Zach, thank you for joining me. Thank you for recapping the plot. It was fun watching this with you. It was fun talking about it. Looking forward to the next time we get to meet to either discuss DC Comics, Last of Us, Fast and Furious, all all kinds of shit. we're, We're covering everything, folks. What more could you want? Are you not entertained? I don't know. Zach, give me a Fate of the Furious quote to end on. Uh, me, I want to <laughs> Jason Statham, break me out of prison, please. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thanks. I'm working on my Alvin. Alvin! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's see if this thing gives us some fuck shit when I try and...